Are you tired of the blind leading the blind? Are you ready to escape the 9 to 5 grind and build a life that truly makes you happy? Are you ready to build generational wealth for you and your family? If any of this sounds like you, then breathe easy because you are exactly where you need to be right now. A wise man once said, when the student is ready, the teacher shall appear. So have faith in what I said and follow the path. My name is Khadija LaShawn, and I am the Black guidance counselor that my community needs. I'm a strategic investor and CEO. I make money in my sleep, and I teach others how to do the same. I share my knowledge, talents, and resources with others. So if you're in need of that motivation or courage to start following your own path, look no further. My intention is to share as much value with you all as possible and to show you that there are many different paths to happiness and many different paths to wealth. You just have to find the one that's right for you. Not much. How you doing? I'm doing well. Did you, uh, I'm sorry I took so long. Uh, are you ready? You're ready to start, right? Yes. Okay, cool. So, um, just so you know, I am on live too, but but we're recording, so it doesn't really matter. So I'm just letting you know, okay? But they can hear you. They can hear me. Okay. What are you like? YouTube? Spotify? Instagram. Okay. Yeah, but I'm not showing myself. I'm just showing the screen. Basically, I've been going on live a lot lately because um, I just feel like what I'm doing because I keep kind—I of, keep to myself a lot, and I feel like God has been telling me to share, share what I know, and share, um, you know, like the things that I do to keep going at my goals so that oh, people can get inspired, you know. Oh, that's really nice. Thank you. I appreciate that. All right. So um, for the people who are listening for the first time, my name is Khadija LaShawn, also known as your Black Guidance Counselor, and this is the Black Creator Podcast. My goal with this podcast is to guide you to the resources that you need. So today, we are going to be talking about software engineering. We're going to talk about home ownership. We're going to talk about college, master degrees, and all that stuff with my best friend, Sid. So, Sid, are you ready? Yeah, I think I'm ready. <laughs> okay, okay, cool. All right. Um, So, if you could describe yourself to anybody in the world, who are you? Um... That's a very general question. Like, who are you to this world? Oh, well, I guess I've been thinking, I've been doing some thinking about this question. And when you, when you ask me the question, who, have, who am I? I immediately think of like, um, why am I here? Mm-hmm. For example. And so when I think of why am I here? I think of like, 
basically I am someone that wants to give to others. I'm someone who wants to leave the world better than I found it. And mm-hmm. I want to leave every person better than I found them. Mm-hmm. Now that is a very like blanket statement, but I still try to do that. No, um, I mean, I feel like you do. Yeah. I mean, I still try to do that most of the time. I mean, you were doing volunteer work, you know, like nobody tells you to do that stuff. You just naturally like that's just in you, you know, mm-hmm. like what are what are some things that you've done as a volunteer? OK, so I volunteered with a lot of um, robotics programs and I currently uh, mentor a high school student. Um, oh, yeah? And so you get assigned to a high school student when they're in like 10th or 11th grade. No, you join them in their 10th grade year and you stay with them until they graduate and even beyond that. Um, and I do Girl Scouts, a Girl Scout troop leader. Okay. Um, but yeah, I just really enjoy it. Like it's it's sometimes like sometimes it might be like a, a day thing where they just need someone to help out with a program. And then mm-hmm. certain programs are like long term where you stay with someone for like a year or even longer than that. So tell me a little bit about like something like maybe a really good experience you had doing volunteer volunteering um I've had a really one really good experience uh was with Girl Scouts for example Mm -hmm. so like this past Christmas we all did we all built gingerbread houses um and they're right now the students are about to be in high school so I think they're about to they're turning 14 so they're mm-hmm. in this preteen age where, like, as soon as one person so- does something, the other ones, they just want to do the opposite just because they each want to be individuals. Okay. But it's it's fun, but it's hard because, like, they all need to work as a team. They do. Yeah, but they need, they also want to do their own thing. But one fun experience we had was we built the gingerbread houses, and because everyone wanted something different, we all, we each got them, like, their own particular candies. We got them... Uh, they each had their own design and everyone's came out really, really cute. Um, and it was really, really, uh, you know, it was nice. So that was individual, but it still looks, it still looks good. That's good. That's, that's very good. You know, like that's definitely something I peeped that you've done. Like even back when you were at McDaniel, you was doing volunteer work. You was with the boys and girls club, teaching kids how to do, how to build robots or something like that. Like, I was just, I don't know. I just think that's really cool that, you know, even you saying that I'm thinking back, like, I'm like, yeah, you definitely do like do a lot of volunteer work and help other people out and teach people and mentor people. And um, I'm sure that you're making like a hell of an impact because just you being in the position that you are being a software engineer as a black woman, you know, there's far and few, you know, who are at your level, if that makes sense, like have gone as far as you've gone. Even with school, you know? No, yeah, I definitely see that. And one benefit that I see to volunteering is it always just, it helps you get outside of yourself Mm -hmm. and it helps you get outside of like whatever negative thing or even a positive thing, like whatever you have going on, it's like, you're not focusing on that. You're focusing on yourself. I mean, you're focusing on someone else. Yeah. And that's really positive. I even had one student that I have for Girl Scouts and she reminds me of myself like a lot. Mm-hmm. um she's she's super smart she's really talkative but then she's also really difficult sometimes because she she likes to get her ideas across and if she don't feel like she's being heard she'll make sure she's heard 
(laughs) it's really cool though and she also wants to do she wants to do biology Mm -hmm. and just hearing her talk about what she's passionate about and how this is her dream it made me think about my dreams too it made me think like it made me think about myself like when I first came into engineering and I really wanted to do it and that was my thing and I wasn't gonna let anybody change my mind let them tell me anything Mm-hmm. Like that was my thing. And it, it made me think now because now it's like I love what I do. But it's times where I think about stopping. It's times I think about quitting and just doing something else because people get on my nerves. Yeah. But listening to her, it was like, no, nah, I'm going to stick with this. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not going to change my mind. I understand. Because, because I still have that passion that I had when I was younger. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's what it's about. It's the passion. Like it has to be there because even you like I'm not gonna lie. I didn't I didn't take you seriously in high school. I mean, in college. Like, and you know why? Because you you're silly, you know, I just feel like you are so come across that way. Sometimes, you know, like you just I don't know. I feel like the first... Okay, so I'm not trying to put you out there, okay? I'm not trying to put you out there. No, it's cool. It's fine. Well, nobody knows your last name either, so you don't have to worry about anything. But because this conversation is between you and I, you know what I mean? Even though I'm sharing it, it's between you and I, you know? Because nobody okay. knows that you're the person I'm talking to. Okay. You got me? Yeah. So I, I want to be, like, open with this conversation, if that's okay with you. Okay. So I was just going to say, I mean, if, if I say anything that you feel like you're not comfortable, like talking about, tell me, okay? Because I don't okay. want to cross any lines or anything. I just was going to say that when I first met you, like the first, very first time I met you, you were definitely drunk. And that was my first impression of you. So from there, like, I didn't, I didn't know that you were that into science and stuff like that. Oh, well, into engineering. I didn't know that you were that technical. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I didn't yeah, I, 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 I'm Look, not trying yeah, to say it in a bad like, way, if no, that makes sense. Fine. I mean, set the scene. We were we were freshmen in college. We were at a group get-together with, like, multiple people. Yeah, we were. We were. It wasn't, you know, we had a, we, we, were, we were in the first semester. So, it's like, we just got there. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, it's like. You know, and also that's that's a lot of years ago. At this point, it's been that what? Is, I don't. Or, or, I don't even like I, thinking about how long it's been because it so feels like, like we're so old now. Yeah, I mean, so I can totally understand why you would say like you didn't see that side of me based off that experience. You know? Yeah, and then it was like as I got to know you more, and I I realized that like you really like that's something you you've really been interested in it. For like, even in high school, weren't you doing stuff like that? You went to a, a what, what was the school? Like, what kind of school was it? A magnet school? Yeah, Western is kind of considered like, it's not a magnet school, but it's like considered like that. Like, you have to apply to it in middle school, mm-hmm. and then you got to get into it. Okay. Um, and my high school was really known for like singing and dance and poetry and the arts. But then um, the school that it's connected to was known for technology and my school had a robotics program and stuff. And it was fun because I got to, like, skip class. If I didn't like a class, I like to, I got to just go to the robotics lab and build my stuff. Aw, that's so that nice. Was yeah, like, it was fun. Like, I'm still friends with all the young women that were in robotics with me. We all know each other still. Mm-hmm. And we're all friends still. 
Oh, that's so y'all's like a little like family of, of yeah. robotics black women. You know, like that's I'm just saying like isn't that in your field, isn't it like predominantly like it's a lot of white people, it's not as many black people, right? Like in general, yeah, so not like, necessarily, you know. No, I mean, it doesn't matter where you go. It's a white male dominated field. I've never been in a environment where we where women have been a majority. Mm-hmm. Even when it's other black people, it's still mostly men. Wow. So even in college, like at my HBCU, it was still like in my class of 50 people that graduated engineering, it was like five or seven women. Hmm. So women is still 10% or less. So it's like, that's normal. That's good. That's good. And, and well, that's not good. That's actually a shame that it's not that many people, not that many women doing it because then men are controlling like technology and that's like something that runs everything. So that's just another thing for men to control, you know? Mm-hmm. But, um, okay. So what I was going to say is, wasn't you saying once upon a time that you wanted to start a nonprofit? Yeah, I'm still interested in starting a nonprofit. Okay. Um, you want to talk about raised... that? Yes. So... Okay, tell me about it. Tell me about it. So right now I have, so far, the work I've done for the nonprofit, um, my thought process is to first volunteer at various nonprofits to see how they do things mm-hmm. and get an idea um, on things such as the grant process, the volunteer process, uh, 501c tax status and things like that. Mm-hmm. So as I volunteer, I learn these things, which help me give me experience to run my nonprofit. Okay. My goal is to eventually uh, not work anymore and have that be my full time thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. I see it. And then so far, I have written up like a draft that has the ideas, that have my ideas written on it, what the nonprofit is supposed to do, who it's going to impact, who's the target audience, how much funding do you need? Mm-hmm. Like, so what, what's the next step? Yeah. Uh, the next step would be to obtain 501c status so that you're an official nonprofit and okay. then to actually obtain grant money so that you can start making changes. And also, it could be twofold. You can attain money through grants. You can also attain money like grassroots, like have people donate to you and things like that. Definitely. Um, but, how, how, do I mean, you, how do you get the 501c status? I'm, I'm, still, working, I'm still working on it. So that's, because, that's the next step is to figure out how. Yeah, exactly. But that's the one the thing I'm kind of waiting because the whole idea of this program is it to be an after school thing mm-hmm. where kids come in person and they like build robots. And they get to go on these field trips, like these STEM-related field trips. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! I just got an idea. You wanna, you wanna hear? It? You don't have to take it, or you can decide whether or not you think it works or not. Yeah, sure. But um, there's this app called Airbnb. Well, you know about Airbnb, but they have like a side of it that's called Airbnb Experiences. And with the Airbnb Experiences, you can have it be in person, or you can have it be uh, what you call it? You can have it be in person, or you can have it on zoom and what you do is you just put whatever you're going to teach and they'll they'll approve you and then people can sign up and you could offer it for whatever price you want you could offer it for free if you wanted to okay i'm just saying that 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 would be a like i don't know it in the case of like you're waiting for 
school to start back up again and you know what I mean like all that stuff because I don't even know if they do after school programs like yeah, even they, when they start back up you're right they have not been doing that so that's one that's been one thing on my mind because like the whole point is like they're supposed to have something physically built mm-hmm. so I don't like I know they can do it virtually but I would have to think like maybe once they become a member of this program or once they join Mm-hmm. I could send them something to their house they can build possibly but what I was saying is that that's what I was saying with the Airbnb experiences you can do in person or you can do virtual so like I'm saying if you wanted an in-person experience you could book like you could put it up on the, on there as an in-person experience and you would just have to find a place to host the the actual experience and people will sign on if they want to do it you know what I mean like it could be a family thing or it could be a kid thing. It could. I'm just saying you could go anywhere with it. But the thing right. I'm trying to say is that that's something because I'm saying because you can't do the school thing right now, you know, I don't think you should give up on trying to pursue, which is just you're trying to teach kids how to do software engineering. You're trying to you're trying to teach them how to do robotics or whatever it is technical that you're trying to teach them. You're trying to teach them something. I don't want you to feel limited with the pandemic, you know, on when you go after that thing that you really want to do. Yeah. I mean, well, before, like literally in 2019, right before all of this happened, mm-hmm. um, I was actually in contact with the school in Baltimore that allowed me to use their facility and Ooh. they were allowed me to use their labs, like their computer labs. So it's like mm-hmm. we already had computers and we already had a space mm-hmm. and we already had a school. So that was going to be like our pilot school to see how it works out and it was going to target um a little a small amount of middle schoolers and then high school mm-hmm. so and it's going to start at that that high school and then just keep growing from there so but, but that's in the past you can't go back in in, in time yeah but, that's why, yeah but that's what i'm saying i'm really into doing it i don't i don't want students to have to travel nowhere far mm-hmm. um because that'll make it like more difficult for people to have access yeah, so I, I'm but, very much into doing it in people's communities yeah. within like even a short walk distance, and yes. this is, and that's why. So that's why it's like it has to be somewhere close, and okay. then it has to be somewhere that has the like like the materials, like the computers and everything already until we can grow and get enough money to buy our own computers that they can then loan out. Mm-hmm. So it's actually a lot of moving parts, such as like the material obtaining materials, having a place. Um, students are going through weekly testing right now who are even going to school in person. So, so there is something happening at the school sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Students are back in school in person right now, but the after school programs really haven't came back. Sports are coming back a little bit. So, but the kids aren't going to school. They're not going to school every day anymore, I don't think, right? Or they maybe... were back to school full time, but with the new variant. Uh, it's like up in the air, but the outbreak numbers for kids right now is actually lower than the general population. Okay. Because most kids, like 10 to 13, are vaccinated, but I think they mm-hmm. can't get it if they left from 10. Mm. So it's, it's, it's some stuff to know, but I'm definitely thinking about it. And I may even shift my focus to doing older students too, like starting to do college people. Maybe yeah. even do them. Yeah. Because you have less restrictions about safety, you have less restrictions. I mean, I still gonna be safe, but you have less restrictions regarding like all of that if the group is older. You ever um heard of a software engineering boot camp? Yeah, I have heard of those. 
Those cost a lot. Um, you ever think of maybe partnering with them? Maybe, yeah, because maybe my thing could be like a pre, like a pre thing to the boot camp. Yeah, there you go. That's 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 something right there. You know, like what I'm saying is that I don't want you to get caught up in like what you were thinking back when. I want you to like I, I just don't want you to give up on that that goal because it seems like it's very important for you. Like I know the nonprofit's important, but overall, it just seems like it's important for you to set that example for somebody else to show them the way, you know, because a lot of people have not gone down your path or even know what it's like to go down your path, you know? So like you are a person of, you're kind of like a, even though you're not old, you're, you're not old, but you're kind of like an elder elder because a lot of like, do you see anybody other than you? Like who really looks like you doing what you're doing? Like, a lot? Um, I would say, I mean, there are definitely, but I would say they're few and far between. Yeah. So it's like we need to get more more of our people into tech too because – And that's, that's another thing. It's a great field to be in. Yeah, I've, I've talked – like when I was at my last company, um, I sat down with the other Black women that were at my company. It was only about like 10 of us or 12 of us, and we all sat down and had lunch. Mm-hmm. And I told them about this idea and a lot of them were really excited about helping me volunteer and oh. basically, help, yeah. And they're helping, like, basically what I see is like them being on like the board down the line. Oh, so wow. when, like, you know, when, like when it comes down to me actually making this happen, like they're going to be people helping me make key decisions. So hell yeah. But you, are they still interested? Yeah. A lot of, yeah, we're, we're still, we're still cool. Okay. So, I mean, I definitely see it happening, but my thing, I just have a lot of key values that I'm really trying to keep in mind. So, it's just going to take a while to make those things actually happen. Like, one of my things is I want it to be completely free to the student who's going to participate. That's one thing. And I want it to be something close by and accessible. Like, you know, and then the another thing is a lot of other programs are teaching kids STEM. That is something that, you know, is known. There's tons of nonprofits who are doing a good job. But my other key point is that I want this to be the skills they're learning are like very, very valuable skills, like not just doing the same old, you know, two to three old projects or doing something very simple that, you know, you can get offline. The mm-hmm. stuff they're learning is stuff that you literally would pay for in a boot camp. And yes. the skills they're coming up with is stuff that they can literally just take just like take and get a job where they take and now they can do something on their own. Like they don't like they it's very useful. What if you so, started your own boot camp? Yeah, I mean, I'm not. Yeah, I don't want to do a boot camp though. But yeah, I see it. I'm just I saying. Have... I'm just saying that it's your vision. It's your vision. It's they want to. They want to help, and they they probably will help. But the will and the urgency and the commitment has to be within you. Like, so, yeah. It is. And it is. So it's like you have to be the one really carrying all those things out because as much as other people, they want to help, you know, they probably will. It's just, it's hard, you know, starting from something from nothing. It's not easy. No, definitely not. 
And even the idea, like formulating the idea from start to finish, having a vision and being clear with yourself exactly like, okay, how much is this going to cost? Who do I need to reach out to? How much funding do I need to get? You know, like all of that's in my proposal. That's the key point. All that stuff's in the proposal, which which, which literally depends. Yeah, which literally depends on it being, which is why I want to be there in person with them and not be virtual because I'm like I have this whole proposal in person so it's like but it's, it's a lot look at the look at the what what season we're in like should we really be meeting in person no no I'm saying it's not I mean, I'm putting it on hold I'm not going to force nobody to come in person now but I'm just saying the vision and what needs to happen and for everything to fall into place like you know that's what I'm saying I understand I understand but I am very excited to talk about this, and I'm excited that you like asked me some questions about it. Yeah, yeah. Tell me, tell me about it. Tell me about the program that you have in your, the vision that you have in your mind. Okay. So, it's going to be two different programs. Uh, one is going to be for groups, um, for the middle school group, the middle school group. So they have like, um they have one set of assignments or one set of projects that they'll do. Mm-hmm. And you come to this program, it's going to be bi-weekly. Bi-weekly at first, and then once you start to have enough material, enough, enough volunteers, you can move to weekly. Mm-hmm. So you meet once a week, kind of like you would for like a sports program, like practice. Okay. But, you, but you practice in coding, you practice in robotics and stuff like that. Uh, one argument I got from a lot of teachers is that they feel like this is something that's like competing with their STEM program. Mm. But it's really not because this is something that the material learning in this class is nothing can is not the stuff you're doing in class mm-hmm. because it's hands on it's project based there's no there's not going to be no test exams it's just literally you building stuff you're creating something yeah so the person in the program has to be really into just creating their own thing okay so, the, so you join the program. I guess um, there's going to be like an application process, but it really is just to make sure that whoever is in it really wants to do it. Mm-hmm. So you apply to the program um, and then you're able to come to these practices, kind of like how you have tryouts for a sport and, yeah. then, you, and then you actually join. Uh, throughout the school year, you're working on building stuff. There's going to be about two to three projects. And at the end of the project, you either have a working application that you can download to your phone or you have a robot that you can play around with and take with you, or you have, you know, maybe even a website that now you have published. Mm -hmm. So you have a physical thing that you've created now that's going to either help you for your applications, that you can go and take that and use that for your business. But you have something that's like a physical thing. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like right now we're measuring students by their test grades, and we're measuring them based off like these arbitrary numbers. But it's like, what are you actually getting out of that? Yeah. Do you really understand? Exactly. And so that's why you have kids that are checked out. They're not passionate. They don't really care because it's like, how different is like an 80 from like a 90? Like, yes, it's a number. But, you know, I feel like school right now, the school programs and a lot of schools are just focused way too much on test scores and grades. And I get it. I'm into those things, too. But I want them to actually see that it's not always like that. When it comes to your passion, it's not going to be like that. It's not going to be a concrete thing. Mm-hmm. Or it's not going to be a number thing. It's going to be something concrete that you can actually, like, touch, basically. Um, so, 
So you do the projects. Um, and when you graduate or when you have the end of the year, you have something that you completed. The students can stay in a program as long as they want. If they only want to do it one year or if they can't do it for this next, you know, project area, they don't have to. They can go do something else because I understand sometimes people don't have time. So you sign up for it in sections, like a three-month group. And that's like a three- to six-month time you sign up. And then if you can do it, you can. If you can't, it's fine. You can always come back. Then um, once you become a member, you stay a member. Even mm -hmm. if you don't come to the project practices, you still are a part of the community. So if you have questions, you need help with something, internships, jobs for the high school students, they can still get access to all that. That, um, okay keep going sorry my bad yeah and that's yeah that's pretty much all I have to say one good thing is about the program free to students like and as this program grows I hope that the program starts to get hookups so like they know like oh you know students in this program are really really smart so I like to hire them directly so it's like it's giving you an in for certain opportunities but that's going to be something that's going to have to be built up as as the program gets known, as the connections get made. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's a really good idea, Sid. That's a very, very, I love it. It's like fully conceptualized. You have like the whole, like, they can stay on for a year or they can, they can have options on what they're going to do. So I, I like that a lot. Thanks. Yes. I think it's going to be really, I'm really excited about it. Um, I definitely wanted this to, I definitely like have a school in mind, have the, have a lot of the projects that I want them to do, like breaking this down. It's like breaking down into what type of projects will they be doing? Like I have a, I have a project idea for them to build their own PCB boards mm -hmm. so they can basically have an idea. Like I want to create something that lights up and something that has all these different colors on it and they're going to create their own board. They're going to, you know, build it on a breadboard at first, you know, hands on. Then they're going to build it on a computer. Then they can order it and actually solder all of this stuff together. So, so what it's is, like. So what's a breadboard? That um, is. A breadboard is a nickname for like a quick circuit board. And it allows you to quickly make your own circuit. Uh, with just like the most simple materials and a lot of electronic um, a lot of electrical engineers or just people that want to build circuits build build it on a breadboard first just to get their concept. So what's a what's a circuit? Um, a circuit is just a flow of electrons, just a flow of energy. There are circuits all going on everywhere. There are circuits in your in your computer, in your cell phone, going on in your house. Um, anywhere where you have electricity flowing, you have a circuit. Wow. I never knew that. Okay. Um, when you be talking about this stuff, you be using a lot of big words, you know, or just words that I had never heard about before. So that's very interesting. Um, what I was going to say is, you know, when you was describing your whole program and everything, like I'm just envisioning like, wow, like all these kids are going to be so like, hype about software engineering and about building robots and stuff like that like that's that's cool that's very cool because it's like the passion's with you so you you're gonna spread that passion with others you know 
because you actually know what you're talking about so you can explain explain it to someone who in a way that they can understand instead of just talking at them you know yeah and that's that's the problem with most um because you know we we both been students a long time I've been a student a long time that's the problem with like 75 percent of science math engineering teachers even if they care about the topic they don't care to teach someone else Hmm. you know and they don't know how to make it fun. They don't know how to make it interesting. They're steady trying to make it more difficult and more and less interesting, but they're making it more difficult than it even needs to be. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing that that's what my program is trying to bridge the gap with. Do you feel like your degree prepared you for the workforce? Somewhat. Um. Because you got got two degrees. You got a bachelor's and a master's. Do you feel like that prepared you for your your workforce? So for me, I would say like my my undergraduate degree, I had Mm -hmm. awesome teachers. People definitely cared about us at our school. But I do not use that stuff at all. And you went to HBCU too. Now, now our program was awesome. But it was just a thing of my particular jobs that I've gotten just happen to not really be related like that. Um, I'm trying to remember a time where it did come up. Related to your degree? Yes, I'm trying to re- remember a time where my core classes came into play. The core classes only came into play at interviews, like where they would interview and ask me something. It might be something that came up in class. But the jobs that I've always had, my degree actually never came up. Like it was never a one for one concept that came up. So none of the math, none of the science. No. So how does that make you feel? Well, I would say maybe like, let's say 30% of what I learned in college came out into play for the jobs. It's like, I'll still give it a low percentage for the undergrad. Now, my grad degree comes up a lot more because that's where I'm trying to go, basically, Mm -hmm. with my career more. So my grad degree comes up like the other 75%. And then I'll give the undergrad 25. So you really think that your your degrees prepared you, both of them? Like combined, they compare, could prepared you? Yeah, combined, yes. But the undergrad, only a little bit. But what the undergrad did is kind of taught me like people skills and like working with others, talking with others, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like the soft skills. Yeah. But no, but I don't feel like, I, I don't think I use too much of it especially not like the freshman year, nothing freshman year would come up much. So do you feel like someone could be successful in engineering without a degree? Mm-hmm. I mean, there is, it's a lot of, a lot of jobs I've had, a lot of people have had them. Um, I would say someone could definitely be successful if they had the right skill set. But mm-hmm. then my thing is trying to get that skill set on your own. Because even though I'm saying I didn't really use that much, like the coding stuff, I still was exposed to it. In high school? I mean, in college? Yeah, in college. So you were exposed to it. So it's like it wasn't the first time of you seeing it. Exactly. That's my thing. Okay. So that's something is that your degree did teach you about coding, which is helpful. Yes. So So when you say coding, you mean coding in what way? 
um, coding with C++, Java, and Python. Mm-hmm. And um, you use that I'll, with what? You're gonna. I use that for. I learned that in classes. And then you're gonna use that for different projects that you might do outside of class or projects that a class assignment might give you. So when you say project, I'm thinking, oh, y'all gotta put a presentation together. You know, like I'm not. I'm not sure what you mean when you say project. Oh, I'm saying like a project can be a presentation, but it can also be something that you're trying to actually build. So like in our stuff, our teacher will give us something and say like, hey, I want you to have a circuit. I want you to create a circuit that's going to make a sound. And you need to make that sound be at least this loud. So you need to you have to create. So you have to like actually find out, find your materials actually connect everything make sure it's turning on and then you need to code it using you know maybe python so stuff like that was definitely important you were advanced girl i'm just thinking like that's a whole bunch of steps man like that's a lot but you like to do that yes the problem solving exactly so i i can't shade the undergrad so bad it was a lot of struggle and work and no, a lot of that stuff don't come up, but that's just because it does come into play for certain people's jobs. It's just a particular job I have. It doesn't, but I could find a job that will use it. Mm-hmm. So it kind of just depends. Like I have a lot of friends who are in a lot of my, all of a lot of people graduated, but some of them work at banks and do stuff related to that. Some people like I'm in cyber, so I'm on that side. Some other people are really technical doing stuff with like waveforms and doing rf and stuff so i like mean audio it, engineering yeah some people are into that so That's if they were or doing the audio engineering or maybe doing rf radio frequency they are using their degree more because that's the program what is really related to so it's like it depends okay well let me um let me kind of go into something you mentioned before you said that with your college that it was a lot of workload and a lot of stuff that, you know, didn't really come into play with your work. But I guess my question is, is that because technology is advancing or is it because they're not teaching you hands-on stuff? They're just teaching you like theory and like ideas and not really concrete things that are you would do in the job, like workforce training. You know, you're right. That's, I think that is a question that every single degree program across the country is trying to answer. Every single degree program wants to get away from theory and they want to go towards what industry is doing. But they all struggle to do that because they're old. No, yeah, yeah, right. It's a lot of older people. Right. Yeah. Because think about it. A lot of the professors are old and they've been tenured. So they've been at the university 20 years In 20 years. Technology has changed. Mm-hmm. So they can't, they don't really know as well. And I mean, they're, they're trying their best. I'm saying that could be something. Another thing is, you know, it's, it's a, it's always a gap between what academia is doing and what is going on in industry. Mm-hmm. Cause industry is changing so fast. Technology is changing so fast. I would say that I was taught cutting edge technology because we did have young faculties faculty people we did go to conference and stuff like that but But also weren't your teachers also engineers themselves right in the right a lot of them did have real world experience Mm -hmm. but the problem is too 
in order to really be a good engineer, you have to understand the theory first. Like you got to. So that's what they're trying to do for undergrad. They're trying to teach you the theory to make sure you get it so that you can start applying it. So I kind of understand that, you know, a lot of it is going to be theoretical. So it's, it's a hard question to answer. Honestly, that's something that, you know, the reason why I say that is because, um, you know, way back when, when I was still working my corporate job, I, uh, was hating my job. So while I was hating my job, they let me actually put headphones on. So what I would do when I had my headphones on is I was listening to podcasts, but the podcast that I listened to was specifically about software engineering boot camps. And they were saying that the whole reason why these boot camps came about is because the four-year degree didn't prepare a lot of people and they would have to get additional training after they like you constantly have to keep learning to keep being updated, but that's with any job. But basically they're, they're saying that the software engineering boot camps were like the cure to the lack that the degree had, because not only with the software engineering boot camp do you learn hands-on job, like cutting edge, like literally what you're supposed to be doing right now in current time versus like, what we used to do way back when. I don't know exactly anything about software yeah. engineering, so yeah, I can't I, speak too much on that, but I yeah, just I'll know agree. that's what the whole idea came from. Yeah, I agree with you. So I would say my two cents on the topic is, traditionally, colleges were always, like like 20 years ago, colleges only had computer computer science. Computer science was the first degree. Before you had electrical engineer, before you had computer engineering, it was only computer science. Computer science is the grandfather. That's mm-hmm. what old school colleges want to teach. And it's a lot that goes into it because schools have funding and they have funding based on how many people sign up for their degree programs. So mm-hmm. they want people to sign up for their computer science program. The problem is, the compu- like you said, the old computer science program was very old school. It was maybe more focused on what is inside the computer and maybe how those components connect. But what they're not doing is teaching you about the coding on the computer. They're mm-hmm. still on Fortran, which is very old. You know, it's good. But, you know, that's the grandfather language. That's that's the language they were speaking thousands of years ago. We're on Java. We're on Python now. It's steady. It's so many more languages coming out for different things. Mm-hmm. But But the programs, they're still on computer science. They mm-hmm. haven't moved to this, you know, they haven't moved to where things are now. And so it so I see why the boot camps come into play. So I, I can definitely see that. But I would still say that, you know, there are some new programs, like there's computer, they have computer engineer, you know, and now you have the whole DevOps thing happening within software so development. So they're trying to add more. Yeah, they, they def- I definitely see the change. But it's hard and it's happening so quickly. So... Well, they're competing now because they're competing against software engineering boot camps because people are finding out about those and choosing that over going for the degree, you know, because also with the boot camps is that like they, for some of them, you don't have to pay for the program until you get a job. Yep. And see, that's no, and that's key. I do think that, I think boot camps are great. I feel like from my perspective, it's like the only thing was when I, I went, I went through school first. So it was like, okay, I go through school, I'm done, I'm tired, and now they want me to go do a boot camp. <laughs> and I it's know. like, I thought I was done. But yeah. 
No, but I feel you though, because honestly, it's still good to get different knowledge. Like the more knowledge you have, even, even though I still have all this stuff in circuits and software, mm-hmm. I'm not using it, but I still know it. And if something comes up, I can step right into that role because I, I still have that knowledge still. So that so makes you like, a more valuable candidate. Exactly. Like, yeah. Even if I'm not using it. And I feel like that's the same for everyone. It's never bad to get more experience. It's never bad to learn something. Yeah. It makes you more valuable. That makes sense. Um, let's backtrack a little bit. I kind of like, we jumped into something so specific. I wanted to go back and like, go back to like, let's talk about you. You know, we talked about software engineering. We're going to come back to it. But let's talk about you, Sid. Let's talk about, you told me who you are and um, you're someone who who likes to help people. Um, what kind of, okay, so what was your, what was your childhood like? Where did you grow up? And just tell me what your childhood was like. Um, so... That's that's a good question. I guess I wasn't th- really thinking to answer that. But I was born um, in Baltimore, Maryland. Born in January. I was born during a huge blizzard. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, like it was a huge blizzard in 1996. And I was born during that. And like they had to like slide. They literally had to like slide down the hill to the ambulance to get to the hospital. It was a lot. Wow. And it's funny because this year it's also going to snow close to my birthday. It always snows in this area around this week. So every year I can do stuff, but then it also be snowing. So That's crazy. It's pretty cool, though. You want to travel somewhere? Yeah, it would be nice to go somewhere warm because it's always like this week is the coldest week, like around this time of year. You want to go down south? Oh. yeah, I mean, I think one year I'm going to travel. Like, I definitely want to go to Mexico or, like, go to, like, um, Florida, like, stuff like that. So I will do that one time. Okay. And then my childhood, I would say, was good. Um, me and my mom are very close. We, like, love spending time together, love doing a bunch of fun things. Yeah, y'all are really close. Like, uh, we're, our family, close. our family's big on, like, my family's really big on cooking and, like, like, family feast and cookouts and all of that like all of that was fun and like the neighbors would come and like I remember whenever we would have a cookout we had a huge grill and our neighbors would come and just eat and we would just chill so you have a a, a a loving family yes okay what uh what were you like in middle school um well, it's funny because at first, like career wise, I really wanted to be a teacher. Like that was my dream job. Mm-hmm. So I think some at some point in middle school, I definitely wanted to do that. I wanted to do I wanted to be a model because I was super into like hair and makeup and like getting into that. Um, I was a bit of a drama queen. Like I had a lot of drama going on constantly. What kind of drama? I don't know. I mean, you know, you're, you're, when you're at that age, like when you're in that middle school age, you're just very like, I say that as someone who works with students now, like they just, they want to do their own thing. They're figuring out who they are. They're like, they like something one day and they change their mind because you're just at that phase in life where you're, yeah. you're meshing into yourself. 
Mm-hmm. So in middle school, I was definitely doing that. And I was very like, you know, I was dramatic, you know. About what? Everything. No, just kidding. I don't know. <laughs> like, just like. It was, it was definitely like a good time. I was into like, I did singing. I did like choir for a bit and that was fun. Tried to, I did track and field for a bit. That was all right. Um, I never really was into sports though. So sports were not my thing. Same. So I definitely sports was never my thing. Um, okay. What about, uh, what are some things that you, so you, okay. What about high school? What were you like in high school? Um, oh, okay. So yeah, one thing I'll add to the middle school thing, cause I almost forgot about it. In middle school, I feel like I was, I was like smart or whatever, but I was not like the smart kid or whatever. Like, I don't know if other people have smart kids at their school. Oh, you, but I, you so people thought you were smart? No, people did not think I was in middle oh, school. What? What do you nah, mean? No, I, I was like a little drama queen. You know, I was having little problems. I was like, this, I don't like, I don't like you. Like, I was all dramatic in high, in middle school. Like, okay. I was like the difficult one. Like, I don't really know why, but like, I just had that like little thing of like, you know, she's hurt. Like, and I feel like maybe you even like, well, I don't know what it was, but I just had this thing where. I was not that person. I was just like doing my work to do my work for sure. And I wasn't like doing anything bad, but I wasn't known for being into my work at that time. It was more of just like, you're in school, you're quiet, you're doing what you need to. Okay. In middle school. And then in high school, it definitely became more of like me getting known for being smart and me getting known for having good grades and me kind of finding out different stuff and finding that me figuring out what I wanted to do. Because I originally went to my high school because my high school was known to be a teaching school. But then we had electives in school. So I did one for medicine and I saw them do a surgery and I didn't like it. So I said, no. Yeah. (laughs) But then I did one for like building computers. I did that and I thought that was cool. And then I did the robotics thing after school and I did drama club and eventually something stuck. But like it was just me trying out different stuff. High school was a good time. I would say high school, like, I found my niche of people, and, like, I found some good friends and, like, had some cool experiences. Okay. That's good, though. That's good. That high school was a good experience for you. You didn't have to experience, like, you didn't experience bullying and stuff, or? No, not in high school. No, not in high school. No, in middle school, I did. But looking back on it, in middle school, I think I was actually bringing a lot of problems. Because if you say something about people, they're going to say something back. So it's like, so you was you was talking about people, yeah. I understand. We all have our our ways that you know. It was just you were that was that was you at the time, you know. Yeah, but it was. I mean, it was a fun. It middle school was chill, like, and it's it's just such a weird time. So it was good though. I also Sorry, I always went to- say that one more time. It cut you off. What'd you say? I said middle school can be like a weird time too. Yeah. But one good thing is, like, I always did church camp every year. So, like, even though I didn't have the most friends at school, I always had my friends at church. And we were really nice. Like, we were really friends. Mm. So, I had, like, friends from church, friends from Bible study. Then I had family, too, like, cousins and all of that. So, 
that was all really fun, it was just school in in particular because mm-hmm. I was in the same school K through eight. So by eighth grade, you've been around the same people. So you're tired of each other. Wow. That's a long time. <laughs> yes. I just think it was just too long around the same group of like 30 kids. Yeah. You know everything there is to know. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, yeah, I understand. That makes sense. I mean, uh, what was the vibe like at an all-girls school? A lot of people think it's bad, but, like, I liked being at an all-girls school. I would say it was fun. Um, it was good because it was, like, empowering because most of the teachers were women. And then all the students were, were women, too. So it's, like, we were allowed to ask whatever questions we wanted to. And, like, even when we were reading certain books, like, when we read Scarlet Letter for an AP class, we were all seeing it from the woman's perspective. Like, mm-hmm. why did you have to leave the village? Why did you, like, you know, like, we was all seeing it from her perspective. So it's, like, you know, it was just a good environment. Yeah. That's good. That's good. It sounds like it was a, a good experience for you. Like, and also, I'm sure, like, it's Baltimore, so it's, like, it's majority Black, right? Yeah, it, it yeah, definitely it was. I mean, there was, yeah, I would say that non-people of color might have made up 10% or less, but it was pretty much all Black. Okay. That, that's- that was fun, too, because, like, when it came to, like, natural hair, like, natural hair was glowing, like, when I was in high school. So that was really fun because at my middle school, it was actually majority white. So natural, like nobody was really natural like that. So in middle school, I would always straighten and flat iron my hair and like relax it. I would relax it and then I would flat iron it on top of it to try to get it straighter. Oh, Lord. And it it wasn't coming out (laughs) like it wasn't working. But then in high school, everyone was natural. Everybody had braids and like, like they knew how to do hair and stuff. So I was like, okay, let me try to be natural. And then I transitioned in high school and it worked and like my hair started flourishing. That's so, good. That's good. So you, you, you big chopped or you transitioned? Yeah, I did transition for a bit. Um, yeah, I transitioned for like a little while. So that was fun. I used like the roller set and all of that. With the transitioning? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was doing them flexi rod outs and stuff. Yeah, I remember. I know what you're talking about. But what I was going to say is, uh, okay, so you went to school, uh, a black, black, basically it's a whole bunch of black girls, you know? Yeah, it was limited. Yeah, it was super, yeah, exactly. It all was. And that's why I really felt like I was at home and I would say I found my niche of people. Because, like, even though the whole school was black girls, you still have all your different groups. Like you got the jocks who like to do sports. You got, you know, the people that like to do like that, like to do art and stuff like that. You have the people who like to sing, like you still have all your different groups, but they're all black women. So it's Mm -hmm. like you fit in with them, you know, automatically. Like you're going to find someone who's like you versus like at a predominantly white school. My experience was that like, it was only a little bit of black people. Like we say like five, right? But we were all forcing ourselves to be friends because it was only five of us, hmm. you know? Yeah. I, I mean, that might have been, I'm not saying it's always like that for everyone, but that's how I felt. But it's like, we're all such different people, but we forcing ourselves just because of what we look like. Oh, um, yeah. Because not everybody gets along. Exactly. And just not everybody gels together. Like, 
but that's the great thing about like the transitioning time too because I don't know about you but I was looking forward to getting out of high school like I was very much so looking forward to college and getting away from home I I can see that I can I can feel that you missed home yeah I mean for like well because McDaniel was cool where where we went but that was it actually really wasn't my first dream school yeah because so it's like I was very proud and happy to go there mm-hmm. but it's just like you know I had I don't know so it was like it was cool but it was like you know that was a thing but I did like it I I loved being in college like the experience I, of being in college yeah I definitely liked being in college college was great college was definitely some fun years like, I loved making friends. I loved, like, you know, getting used to everything and all of that. But, you know, for me, the type of person I am, it's going to take me, like, three to six months to get used to anything I do. Like, even if I start a new job, it's going to take me a, a few months just to even get used to going there, get used to the people. Mm-hmm. So it's like freshman year, I was still getting used to stuff. And then you was out. What do you mean? Like, I'm saying you wasn't there that long. You know oh, yeah, I, mean? I was there for one year, true. So but it was like, like, you barely got used to it. And then is because it wasn't for you, you know, it just wasn't for you. Like it was there. It was there for you for some things, but not like you weren't supposed to graduate from McDaniel. You know what I mean? Because they, they didn't even have the type of program that you were looking for. Right. Yeah, th- that was my thing. They ended up saying that they were not like accredited and stuff for the, what I was trying to do. And that was like a big red flag because you need that yeah. to be able to get jobs and stuff. That's wild. And but so they, they were about they to make me pay like a, on you. Yeah, they were going to make me pay a bunch of money to do something that wasn't even my, um, like you know. Your feelings. So that was yes. Yeah, so that was the only the only like downside. Mm-hmm. But I'm glad because like I made good friends. Like I'm glad because I got to be on my own. Yeah, you know, and when you in college, you you got you gonna get thrown in the waters. Like you gotta make your own decisions. You and do. That's a lot. That's a lot. You know, it is a lot. But here's the thing: it's a part of growing up. It's a part of growing up, and it's a great thing. It's not an easy thing, but it makes you stronger. Yep, and that's yep exactly. But um, what I was gonna say is okay. So, um, we kind of sped past a little bit because uh. I jumped into something, but okay. So you went to Western, you know, a all black girl school. And then where's Western actually located? Like where in Baltimore? Um, like, like what road is it by or what oh, town? Okay, okay. Oh yeah. Cold. Yeah. I'll say it's off of Cold Spring Lane. Okay. I'm trying to just think of what, what to call that area. West. Northwest. No, it's weird because even though it's called Western, it's not in West Baltimore, but central, it's often kinda. yeah, it's like in Central because it's not really East Baltimore either. It's kind of like North Baltimore. It's on the line a little bit. I know what you're talking about though. It's like up there by Moravia Road. Yes, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. I actually go to the dispensary over there. So what I was gonna say is, um, all right. So because I'm trying to visualize it in my head, like okay, so Sid. She went to Western. She she uh was with all these girls and stuff. Like I'm not gonna lie, you know, I just feel like 
I didn't know I liked girls back then, but like I feel like that would be a lot of temptation if you liked girls. Um, I mean, people. I mean, it's that it's that reputation for sure. A lot of people think, oh, girls at girls at Western are gay. That's not true. If you already gay, then you gonna be you're probably gonna be gay. But that has nothing to do with the school. Yeah, like, I'm not trying to be because like. It's not that has nothing to do with it because the the boys are literally in the same they're in a building connected to you and literally all you have to do is go to the quad and you can see boys if you're trying to see boys. So what's the school and, that's connected to it? Uh poly polytechnic institute or something like that. But poly is connected. And even with that, it's other boys and girls schools, such as like Northwestern, I think. They're like down the street. And they used to come like after school and they used to talk to girls and say hi and stuff. Like they okay. literally would come, they would come to another school just to come to our school just to see girls. Okay. So, so it's, it's not that. All right. So um with that, okay, so you know how they be like, Okay, you went to pop uh you did this if you went to Poly or you did this if you went to Western or you know, do you feel like the the schools are like classified a little bit like is it there's a difference between the schools or that's just people trying to separate people is there a difference between various high schools in baltimore i'm saying isn't there four really big like high schools that everybody went to like i know there's patterson there's poly there's western and then there's one more that city city everybody knows those four schools Aren't those the four schools that everybody go to? No, everyone doesn't always go to those schools. I think the alumni, the alum is just the loudest from those schools because of how the school is. Like, I know everybody from Western, they're going to like, I graduated like almost eight years ago, but I'm still going to just say it. I still have my Western gear and I still will wear it from time to time because I just love my school. So it's it's repping your school. Yes, everyone like is just very extra from the yeah. school and western people are very big on tradition like we have certain things that's like other high schools don't have such as like every, you have your class colors you have your um your class song your ring dance mm-hmm. like and also when you go from year to year like you have your junior day where you wear your colors and your senior day so it's like you're progressing as you go through and mm-hmm. you're expected to like rise to the, to the occasion and stuff. So I feel like because of that, a lot of Western people are very proud. And that's just probably why you hear the most about them. Also, those alum give back to the school a lot of money and their time and they come back and they teach. So it's, it's probably that. But I don't think it's anything like all Baltimore City schools still have a camaraderie, regardless of what school it is. Like everybody gets along. Yeah, it's not. They just do that because sports. Western technically isn't really in it, I don't think, because the the schools probably just have that because their their sports teams play each other all the time. Same thing with robotics teams. Like our robotics teams play the other city schools. Like Patterson, for example, used to always like used to beat our team sometimes because mm-hmm. it wasn't that many schools in the city that had robotics. And then the ones who were good, we knew who they were. But it's just like a little rival rivalry. You know, so that everybody ends up getting better. But that's good. That's like a good camaraderie. Yeah, it was was definitely cool, though. 
Okay. And I, I don't know. I don't know why the other city schools they don't they don't get talked about as much though. It's definitely Western is the one that I hear about the most, but maybe it's a lot of y'all. Yep. And also the the Poly City game is really big, and they do that at the stadium, and people still come back. That's like equivalent to like Morgan's homecoming. People are always going to come back to homecoming because that's their thing. Mm-hmm. Gives them memories and stuff. That makes sense. That makes sense. It's kind of cool that people come back for the homecoming, the game, right? Yes. And then is, do y'all have parties after? Or is this a high school game? No, no. that's anything people do is not related. That's that's here nor there. That's yeah. on their own time. <laughs> that's off the record. I don't know. I understand. <laughs> okay, so uh, all right. Um, what was it like growing up in Baltimore? Oh, I you know it was pretty chill. Like a lot of people probably have like a lot of different. Like when you ask this, you'll get a, a whole bunch of different answers because it's a whole bunch of different people that have a whole range of experiences. Yeah. But me, I was somebody who was like, if I wasn't going to school or I wasn't going to church, I wasn't going nowhere. So <laughs> it, it huh? really, for me, it really wasn't like that much because like my environment didn't really play a role because it's like, you stayed in the I house. Either, yeah, I either was with my friends who were like friends from church or like, my friends when I was younger who wasn't my school friends was like my mom's kids friends mm-hmm. so like that's my you know so it's like we friends but that's just like your auntie you know their kids so it really wasn't like too much going on like that okay but it, it was a cool it was a cool time like we did the aquarium a lot and that was fun um I did this one camp where we used to always take up every single week. Our church camp would take us to security mall and we would like watch movies on Tuesdays. You know, Matt and a day. Yeah. And give us a little popcorn, a little drink. And it would be so like, we would think that was like the most extra thing. Like a great experience, like something to look forward to. And then we had like the pool. So we did that. Then we would walk and we play games and stuff. So mm-hmm. I would say growing up in the city was good because you like it's a high concentration of people that's like you like you go like I was happy because like when I was at home or I was at church like it was like my friends but then I was always encountering problems at school where I was like the odd one out so mm-hmm. it was nice and like, even in high school growing up in the city, it was cool because when we would have time out, we would go to, like, the harbor and, like, chill there and, like, get food and stuff. That sounds fun. Yeah, so it was mostly, like, it was, like, I would say, like, honestly, the positive for me does outweigh the negative. Like, yes, there is some problems with being in the city, but for me, it's, like, the problems of being in the city don't outweigh the, the problems don't outweigh the positive because, even though like it might be some time like being around both like being around certain people is annoying or you know you might not like it it's like being around your people even good or bad yeah. that's that's my attitude on it you just like your people you like being around your people that's something that you feel strongly about 
Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Well, so. I mean, that's why you went to an HBCU too. So, I mean, it's nothing wrong with that. It's nothing wrong with that. Uh, okay. So, um, with okay, I'm losing track of my thoughts. Hold on. Okay, all right, all right. So, going to college, you went to college, you finished college, you went to your master's. Let's talk about your experience with being a Black woman student in a software or electrical engineering program. Let's talk about that. Like, what kind of experiences did you have there? Um. I would say they were, it was a, it was mostly like, honestly, 80, 85 to 90% were just like any other student. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was one good thing is like the black, the black women were so few that the ones that you would see freshman year were the same people you were going to see senior year. So you knew who you're like, you already had your friend group. Mm-hmm. So like me and one, uh, one, like me and my one friend, we found each other freshman year and the way she does her work and her strengths perfectly balanced with my strengths. So mm-hmm. we just stuck together all four years being partners. Oh, and yeah, she, she's awesome. Like she's great. She like, cause I have certain friends who I love to death, but I can't work with them cause they're a certain type of working style, but she finishes her stuff early. Like, like great at documentation. We were perfect. Aww. So that's good. Yeah, like, I'm still her friend. Like, you know, she's doing great things. She lives out of state now and is doing doing well. So it's like, once you, you're going to find your, you know, somebody that, like, a lot of people that you're cool with. And when we all graduated, like, those seven, all of the seven women, I knew, like, I was literally, like, close friends with at least, like, five of them. And the other two that I didn't know, you know, that's because they were, you know, they were, like, not in my major. I probably didn't get to talk to them as much. But, like we all knew each other's faces. So that's cool that you like have that community. Yeah. So I would say as a black woman, most of it was good. Now it was the only annoying thing was certain guys would like, if you were to, if you were to be assigned a group with them, they are nice. Most, most guys are great, but sometimes they try to like tell you like, Oh, I want you to be the note taker or, Oh, I want you to do this. Like they try to tell you what to do. Mm. And it's like, what don't tell me what to do so that that could become like a little slight problem where you'll have to like let them know how this is gonna work Mm -hmm. or you know certain stuff but I I'm I'm not bossy but when I'm on a group sometimes I like to know what we're doing or like have a plan and so because of that it kind of like set some guys off because they don't like to be told like they don't want to feel like they're being bossed around so Mm -hmm. That's just me personally. Other women might not experience that, but sometimes men don't want to hear direction from a woman because if a man does it, he's a leader. But if a woman does it, she's bossy. Mm. So that's like a slight issue. The I have standards. Yep. Yeah. I understand. And then most of my male teachers were great, very supportive, didn't treat me different. They were fine. But I did have like two sexist teachers. That definitely, like, I would raise my hand, and sometimes they would, like, 
they would answer me, but they would call on everybody else first, and then they would finally answer. Wow. Like, so I, I'm like, I see you. So you had to hang up for a long time. Yeah, they would try to ignore me and stuff. What the hell? So it's wow. like it, it's not most, but it's only like like a less like a real small people, a real small group that's going to do that. Was he black? Mm-hmm. What the hell? They just old. <laughs> wow. But it's also not a lot of them. Like there was so was there was some of them that was very very sweet, like very nice, but certain ones we try to play. So, okay, so let's talk about a little bit, like, okay, so you went to high school at Western, an all-black girl co- girl school, and then you went to McDaniel for a little bit, decided that wasn't the route for you. Then you transferred to the other school, the HBCU. My question is, is, like, what was it like going to an HBCU? Like, what was that experience like? Because, like, you were a transfer, so... You know, what was that like for you? It, it definitely, it was good. It was different though because, like, I, I didn't really know a lot of. Well, actually, thing here's the thing. I did know a little bit of people. The here's the thing. I always knew about Morgan from the time I was like, I actually went to a high school program at Morgan when I was in high school. Like, wow. I, I had already been there before, but I didn't want to go there. Because they're like they're literally down the street from my high school, so I mm-hmm. didn't want to go to a street that was like down the street around the corner. You know, I was trying to go do something else. Yeah, but that's not because Morgan I ever heard nothing bad. It's just like I was trying to do something else for for a change. Yeah. So, so when I did transfer to Morgan, it's like I kind of did know a couple of people because I knew some people from my high school that we were still cool, and then they also just went to Morgan. So I I wasn't completely like alone or by myself. Um, and I did pretty much like pick up friends in my major mm-hmm. and I already, you know, and I still had my friends from McDaniel, like I had you and Kyla, you know, I had high school friends. So mm-hmm. it didn't feel like I was really like, didn't know anybody like that. And because I transferred in like only as a sophomore, you know, I did end up meeting people. That's like everyone, everyone was still kind of like new a little bit. So you weren't the only kind of new person. Yeah. And, you know, it was so few women in our program, to be honest, that it's like I was cool with all of them. Now, I didn't really venture out and talk to a lot of women from outside my program because because I was a commuter and I had a part time job. And I was taking classes. I didn't really like socialize with with a lot of people outside my major like that because I didn't see them in class. And I wasn't in a bunch of like extracurriculars. I never crossed or did a sorority or anything. Mm. I was thinking about it, but I never actually did it. So like, I never really met like that many people like that. And cause I was a commuter. It's like, okay, when I'm done, I'm gonna do my work and I'm gonna go home. So I only socialized like some, mm. but it was, it was all right. Like I did want to stay on campus, but I think at the time, um, something with the housing and the rooming agreement or something, like something didn't happen right. I didn't sign some paperwork and then they ran out of space. So I couldn't even stay on campus. So I was just living at home like the whole college time. So it was kind of like being back in high school a little bit. Somewhat. But then you have more you have more freedom as to like in between your classes and stuff like that. Yeah, that's definitely true. 
that's one thing I definitely appreciate about college compared to high school is like all the freedom you have with your time. But it's also a good and a bad thing because if you're a procrastinator, it's easy for you to, you know, not be doing what you're supposed to do. You know, like I feel like college is not for everybody. Like if you're not on it about stuff like that, like if you, I feel like if you're not going to take it seriously, you shouldn't do it, you know? Yeah, I I see that. Because it could be a waste of money. And that's money that you, you can't pay back yet. You know, like you won't even be able to pay back until you until you secure something. True. But, um, okay, so when you went to college, uh, didn't you get like a free, you got free tuition or something like that, right? Yes. So I was, I was very happy about that. Like they, I, I was in a program that pretty much paid tuition and then I didn't need any room and board because I didn't stay on campus. I didn't have a meal plan or anything. Damn, girl. But, no, I had no, yeah, I had no meal plan. I just had to go to whatever surrounding places of the college. No, I'm but saying, it was, damn, like you're blessed. Like that's a blessing to not have like that much debt yeah, or yeah, any debt. Yeah, all my debt is from freshman year. So basically, literally the first year of college, they did pay my tuition too, but the room and board was so expensive, it cost more than like, like just the room and board alone is more expensive than the tuition of the other school. Yeah, that's Because crazy. that's how high, that's how high it is. That's crazy, man. Going into, yeah, going into college, I didn't understand this. Like I didn't understand that room and that just room and board cost that much. Like how I much, thought, we, uh, how much around about how much was the? Uh, I mean, you don't have to say exact amount. I'm just saying, like, was like ten thousand, twenty thousand. Yeah, I think room and board at McDaniel was like between ten and fifteen thousand just for room board and food. That's crazy. Like that's just one year. And imagine you went all four, if, if you had went all four years. But the thing is, you had a scholarship too. That's the thing. And that's where I didn't understand because I'm thinking, oh, you, man. But I'm thinking like, oh, if the if the tuition is paid, then you good. Like, yeah, nah. nah. I didn't. You're right. I was really. I, I know, right? Like, no, but here's the thing: people don't know that. They don't know that, and they need to know that. So I'm glad that you mentioned that because I'm thinking back. I'm like, yeah, you're right because it was always a little extra, even because the thing is, I had to get loans to pay for my school. So I, I I got loans for all four years, all four years, but it wasn't, it wasn't that it's not as bad as it could be. I would say, cause I've heard of people saying they have like 150,000 in student loans and stuff like that. Yeah, like, I've heard people say that too. And it's just like, yeah, damn, just imagine that over your head. Imagine that like, just like the rest of your life, you know, like I'm just I like, think, damn, I bro. Like, I'm passionate about people being educated because, like, I don't think community. Like, here's the thing for me: I don't think community college is a bad option to get your prereqs. That's not a bad option, that's or to not. go to, or to go to a lower cost school. Like, you know, if 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 a school, if a HBCU is going to give you a scholarship, go to that school. Like, I don't know. Like, yeah, go to. Save your money because you don't have any yet. You're spending borrowed money. That's not good. That's not a good way. So, okay, we could talk about that because that's the idea. That's the whole thing is that it's kind of expected that you go into debt. Right. It's ex- and it- It's expected that you get 
you get some student loans, you get a house, you get some cars, get some credit cards. They expect you to go into debt. Right. And that's why, that's why to me, it's like, I did kind of switch up and like, okay, I did try to go to a school that was like less expensive. And then I worked at all points. Like literally as soon as I started at Morgan, I used to work at JCPenney. Then I used to work in the lab for engineering department. Mm -hmm. Then I used to, I had another on-campus job, I think like the library for a little while. Yeah. And then, like, I pretty much always had at least one little job, even if it wasn't making, like, that much. So it's, like, I think it's really important to our college students. Like, you have to work because you still need, like, pocket money and stuff. Yeah, oh, and, and if you're be- living on campus, you're not – because you, you had a good situation where you could just go home and your your mom got a, a full fridge stocked full of food and you don't have to worry about anything. But if you're out in the middle of nowhere, you got to stock that fridge. Exactly. So you're buying groceries and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then all these meals on campus, they expensive. If you get if you get a fridge, if you even have a fridge, like some people don't even I think you get a mini fridge in some rooms like some. OK, so like we could even talk about dorms and stuff like that, because I know um, when we were. OK, so what about that rip off freshman year? OK, freshman year, we was all in Rouser. Thank God we was all in Rouser together. That was pretty cool that we was all in the same building. But only my floor had AC. All y'all didn't have AC. Yeah, that that place it was it was cool, but that joint it was a lot. It was a lot. Like you don't have AC, you don't really have a way to make food, so you kind of have to go to the dining area. And the dining not- area is like trash like it's literally it's not worth the amount you're paying like for all this money yo literally if you break down how much if we're paying 10k just for room and board like break that down as to how how much am i paying per month just like for rent just Mm -hmm. to share a room with one person like they're making so much money yeah they are you being overcharged and i know for the meal plan i ain't even eat all those meals for real and then it's like you don't get no refund you know what i heard Oh my goodness. You know what I heard? Okay, so this is so random. I was driving Lyft and a Lyft took me all the way to Owens Mills. And then the next Lyft took me all the way to Westminster. And I picked up somebody and I was talking to him. I was like, hey, how you doing? X, Y, and Z. I'm like, oh, um, I was just like, do you live in Westminster? He was like, yeah, yeah. I was like, did you go to McDaniel? He was like, yeah, I went to McDaniel. I was like, me too. So we started bonding or whatever. And he was telling me how um, basically they went virtual during the pandemic and they didn't have a graduation. It was like on zoom. They didn't have a physical graduation. They weren't on campus for that whole time and they didn't get a tuition reduction or anything like that for going online. Yep. Yeah. I think it's a definitely, it's a huge dip and students are definitely getting the short end of the stick. Yeah. And a lot of these private, and that's the thing, a lot of these private McDaniel's a private university. So they're gonna, they're gonna do that they're going to be the ones that charge the highest price and they're not as regulated as the state in, in as the in-state or public schools. And you know, what's wild. Um, my high school teacher was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You need to go to a private school. You need to go. To- no. I mean, she was saying it so hard. She was like, yeah, private schools got money. You need to go to a private school. Like, it's kind of like she was trying to coach me into getting student loan, a whole bunch of student loan debt. I know she was trying to help, but you know what I realized about teachers? 
and this is not to disrespect any teacher. I know teachers do they do their absolute best. They do their absolute best. But if you ain't seen anything, and that's the only way you know, that's the only way you can teach. You know, you can only teach what you know. So if they don't know the right things, they're teaching the wrong things to the to more people who don't know the right things. You know what I mean? Like it's kind of like I, what I notice in our community is that knowledge doesn't really get passed down, you know, as much as it should, I feel. Even just little things as like, like we were just talking about with college, like you just said, you don't want to go to a private school. I was told the absolute opposite. I was told I should go to a private school. I, but it was because I really wanted to have a college experience. That was the overall, that was my reasoning why. I really wanted to have a college experience that was something that was very important to me because I really had to get out of my parents' house. Like I had to get out of the house. I had no choice. It was either keep being the same person or change and adapt and be better and grow. So that's crazy. That's crazy. I was, and I don't like being, I'm not regretful because I feel like I own the decisions that I made. I'm glad that I went to McDaniel College and graduated, but I wouldn't advise anybody to go there. I really would not encourage anybody to go to McDaniel College. I wouldn't even advise anybody to go to college if you don't really want the experience. Like, if it's not that serious, go to a freaking community college and save your money. Don't waste your money. You know, go to a community college that has free tuition. Because I would say go there for maybe a year or two to get your prereqs. Yeah. Get your associates. Go get your associates from a community college and then you still need your four four year degree. But then did go you ahead have any issues that. with transfer? Like did you have any issues transferring credits? Because that's something too. Like they did with- Morgan State did take all the credits. It's just that certain classes that they that they try to teach at McDaniel just were not like based on the name and based on what the topic was, mm-hmm. they were like, We don't have anything equivalent to this. So, so they didn't match it up. Yeah, like you just have like this is just an extra credit. Like so now you're gonna have to just still take our version because this isn't really the same. So it didn't really going to McDaniel didn't help you get forward. You had it kind of set you back. No, no, I mean certain classes counted. Um, Okay, I would say probably like seventy five percent of the classes did count. Mm -hmm. So that was good. Most of the classes counted, but not all. But freshman year for a lot of people is just to help you like get. Like freshman year for everyone is just like prereqs and stuff. Knowing most people don't get into their core classes until sophomore junior year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. So with the um, transferring, you didn't have that much of an issue, but I want to move forward a little bit because I'm gonna keep I'm keep being upset about this whole college thing because it makes me oh, so angry, man. Like it just, I mean. <sighs> You know, I think college is worth it. I would recommend young people to go to college. Um, just I don't mean you have to live there, but just go and attend and do your thing. Um, if you're in a specific field, I feel like yeah, but, but even if certain the, fields, you know, I feel like yes too. Because the thing is, for me, it's like going to college. You also allowed me to do internships, so I I made sure like I did an internship. My freshman year, I didn't do one, uh, but like sophomore, junior, senior, and everything. Mm-hmm. I think I got my first internship sophomore year. 
And, you know, like doing that, it's like it allows you to get your feet wet in the workforce. And I'm not going to lie, like my first internship, I did make a little bit of mistake. Like, um, like I met this one young man there and I thought he was really cute. And like I started trying to date him at the little job, but he was an intern, too. Mm-hmm. And that was a, I mean, I would say that's a mistake because when you go to the job, you want to be focused on your work and you don't want to be getting sidetracked. But I was a sophomore. I was still a little bit stupid. So it's, it's like you were stupid. Learned. You were young. You were. Yeah, I still had you know. I still had to learn, you know. Yeah. So it's like making those mistakes as an intern, like, and you know, I've I had certain mentors that stuck with me from my um, internships, and I like got to learn from people, got to watch people, you know. I learned how to work on teams with different individuals. Like, it allows you to get certain experiences in college mm-hmm. that money can't necessarily tell you or can't, you know. And like, I did a lot of growing in college. Absolutely. So, so because of that and having that time to do that, having that time to grow, it's I would still say it's worth it. You know, I would not change my journey and I wouldn't make it different. So, you know, don't feel like don't feel like that. Could you don't feel like, oh, you know, I wasted the money. But it's like you still you grew a lot. I did grow a lot. I'm not going to lie. I can agree there as far as like getting experience and even the social skills thing, because that definitely like before college. I wasn't talking to anybody and I was just staying to myself. Like I was like literally high and by, you know? So I, I do feel that there are benefits to going to college. I'm not going to, I'm not going to shit on it, but what I was saying, it's not that I, okay. So this is what I'm saying. This is what frustrates me is it kind of being pushed on people as the only option because and and maybe it's because the people who are pushing it on them, that's the only option that they know, you know, so they can't talk about anything else. But it's like now that I finished college and I like pursued my own path and I found out more information about what's what opportunities are out there, it kind of makes me angry for the people who are still getting told that this is the only way, you know. Like, this is the only path. The reason why I say that is because I feel, and truly and honestly in my heart, I feel if you're not going to do a lawyer degree, if you're not going to do some type of STEM, I don't feel like you should be going to college. Because, I mean, unless it's just, if you're trying to get the college experience, go get the college experience. If you're trying to go for a specific field and it needs a degree for it, go for it. But there's always a cap. There's always a cap on many fields. I'm not talking about tech. I'm not talking about medicine and stuff like that. But when it comes to other majors in different fields, there's a cap. There's a cap on how much money you can make. So when people are pushing you down that path and they're also realizing that, like, do you see the state of the economy? Do you see the way that people are struggling? Do you see the way that taxes are hurting people who don't make that much money? Taxes are hurting them even more. So it's like you're pushing them down a a career that is only going to take them so far. You can't really build real wealth just having a like having a nine to five with a a, a regular old major because you're going to get the same jobs that everybody else gets and 
it's not anything that's going to take you anywhere. You know, like you have to climb the ladder, but you're climbing someone else's ladder, which means that um, it's, it's not your ladder. You're building something for someone else. You're doing the hard work for instead of building something for yourself. Yeah, I mean, I definitely see what you're what you're saying. And I do think for a lot of fields that can be true. I would say my only piggyback off of that is you know, I think when you're in college, I I would you I was told this idea that if you graduate, that's enough, like just go to school, get good grades, that's all you need. And that's you know, as I realized as I realized my time in school, that's not all that's not all you need. You need a lot mm-hmm. more stuff than that. You do you need to know, yeah, you need to know how to interview. You need to know how to create connections with your fellow students. You know, mm-hmm. like when I graduate now that I've graduated, I have friends at IBM, I have friends at JP Morgan, you know, I got friends in Silicon Valley. Yeah, because we were all students together. We all was working together. So it's like you graduate with the connections, then that's why you go to school. You go to school because like if I was to come back and I need a job, I can hit up my professors that I did well in. And I could say, hey, I see you're over here. You need somebody on y'all team. And I know they want to, they might pick me up. Yeah. So it's like going to school and getting good grades is nice. But I would honestly say like, that's like expected. And if you really want to be successful, you need to do, you need to be doing a lot more than that. You need to be doing internships. You need to be talking to people. You need to be joining um, professional organizations. Um, even while you're in college, I would even say like if you're certain certifications that's well known, even look into studying for those while you're in while you're in college. Start working on certs. Yeah, like, I would say, I th- I think that's important, but I also feel like it's important to figure out what you like. So just try try things. Just try things because you knew you liked that because you had experiences before that led you to that decision. Sometimes people don't have those experiences before college that tell them which direction they want to go in their life. So when they get to college, they just pick something and then they have to switch majors and then they switch majors again and then they switch majors again because they were sold into that idea that this is the way. You know what I mean? Right. And that's not good. Yeah, that is that is not a good way at all. Like, yeah. like it's better. Don't switch majors, course, y'all. Like, I mean, you can switch, out. like, whatever. No, <laughs> like, if you're going to switch, that's cool. But I feel like whatever major you're in, like, you got to be a big fish in your major. Like, yeah. there are certain people that I know that were, like, journalism and in media and stuff. But they used to do a lot with the on campus as a radio station. And mm-hmm. they would, like, anchor the station. And yeah. they were constantly on there, like, talking to people, interviewing people, like, But where you are know, those people at right now? Right, but yeah, because they're but they were hustling like they was constantly on there and doing their classes, and probably also you know the president of some organizations like they because the passion they was, was there. Yeah, they was hustling. So it's like I feel like for me when I started college, I thought that I could just go to school, get good grades, and that's it. And hey, that that's cool, but like that's that's gonna put you in a position where it's like you're okay, but you're not set. Yeah. It's really so many other things that are expected of you once you're in college. Like, you gotta, it, it's like whatever your department has, you wanna take advantage of whatever opportunity that you can find to like mm-hmm. start building your resume while you're in school. Like, like, you have to do that. If you're not doing that, I don't know what to tell you. Because that, that can create problems. 
Absolutely. But, okay, so would you recommend Morgan to someone else? Would you say that that's the school that you should go to? Definitely. Yes? And tell yeah, me why. Morgan, don't, I, I, Morgan does not get a lot of shine amongst other HBCUs, amongst other um, people, you know? Mm-hmm. Morgan is not, people don't hear Morgan State and go, wow, you know? But Morgan is a good school if you are going to work hard. If you're going to work hard and you know what you're trying to do, in every single major, I guarantee you, you'll graduate with a job, you'll graduate with multiple opportunities in your major. If mm-hmm. you're consistently on your work and and being positive and you take advantage of every single opportunity that's in front of you, you will graduate very successful um, and on a really good path. So would you say that because it was an HBCU and it was like Black Connections that that helped you? I would say so. Um, I would say like there was a lot of employers that would come to the school. There was a career. There was a career path. I mean, there was a career fair every single year. Um, and there were just a lot of opportunities for students. Like my journalism major, we had like a school paper and stuff, Aww. and like they would publish on that. We had the radio station. Uh, the business majors, you know, they had their new building. I'm not sure exactly like all the ins and outs. Mm-hmm. But I know that they had some stuff with like PNC Bank because that was connected with the university. Like nursing is really big too. Yeah. And like engineers, yeah, engineers was flourishing, you know, doing a lot more. So it's like everybody had opportunities in their respective field to do what they wanted. Oh, that's um, good. And the teachers, a lot of them are really supportive and a lot of them do care. Like the, and they, and if they saw someone who was like doing a good job, they're gonna pick that student out and say, "Hey, I want to help you," because they see that you're doing a good job. Mm-hmm. And they're just—they're not even gonna tell you. They're just gonna recommend you for something. They're gonna be like, "Yeah, I got a job for you this summer." They're just gonna oh. tell you. If they see you doing your work. They're gonna tell you that. But oh. the only thing is, if you're playing games, I don't know. But honestly, so if you aren't doing your thing, they wouldn't have a job for you. It it wouldn't be it would, it's not that it wouldn't be a job. It would be more difficult to find because you wouldn't have those connections as hard. You wouldn't have those recommendations. But to be honest, at the end of the day, everyone will probably end up still getting something as well, because everyone is pretty much going to pass. Everyone's going to get through. You know, there's no one that's sitting there not doing their work. Like by the time you get to senior year, yeah, you if you're not going to finish, what was the per- point of this whole thing? You know, like. Yeah, most of the people who wasn't going to do it probably changed majors freshman year, probably changed their mind, or whatever. Or they dropped out. Yes. Yeah. So, okay, so basically you would say that if if college is the d- direction you want to go, you should go that direction, but do you feel like there's more weight to a HBCU over a regular college? Uh, well, like, in my field particularly, they say that, like, 75% of engineers graduate from HBCUs. Like, if you are a Black engineer, you mm-hmm. have likely graduated from an HBCU. So some PWIs are graduating engineers, but they're just so less, so much less. Why is that? Um, well, in my graduate school experience, I actually did notice like there would be meetings like I was a I was in graduate school and I was a part of a lab and at first when I first joined they didn't invite me to meetings for like a few months 
So they would let everyone else in the lab come to the meeting, you know, give them information and they would talk and all network. But they just wouldn't invite me to it. Why? Then, I don't know. But, you know, I was the only one. I was like literally like the only woman, like the only black person. It's like, you know, they were like, oh, we didn't know you were here. Like, you know, like I wasn't connected. What? Now, the teachers were nice to me. But the teachers wasn't the ones that held the lab meeting. So the, the, the person who held the lab meeting said he just didn't know. So it's like, I don't know how it is because I wasn't there. But at a PWI, you probably will feel you're going to be in a bigger class size. So the teachers won't care as much. And you probably will have to do it on your own. You're probably going to have to find a couple of friends. And you guys are going to have to study together until you make it. Yeah. Because the teachers are not going to be like the teachers don't even teach their classes at these big schools. The TA teaches their classes and the TA is just a person who wants a PhD. So they don't really care about y'all. Like they don't. They really don't. Because the teacher's assistant, I was a teacher's assistant, too, before when I was doing my master's program a little bit. Teacher's assistants, they're tired. They're students, too. They've been a student longer than you. They tired. So it's like. They're doing their best, but ain't nobody, you know, interview them for this. Like, they're just someone who, like, they're has just, been, they've been on campus for a long time. They're just doing what they got to do, man. They just to graduate. They try right. to finish. That's all. Exactly. I understand. So it, but they're nice people, and a lot of TAs do care. But it's like, you know, this is not their goal. This isn't their dream job. They're just trying to do this to finish, and they want you to pass. But, you know, they're, they're only going to do but so much. So yeah. it's like... Can you tell me, um, one second, I have to take my headphone out so I could charge my phone. Tell me if you can still hear me when I take my headphone out. Okay. Yes. Sorry about that. It just, I couldn't, I, I was talking to you, but you couldn't hear me. So, um, what were you just saying though? Um, I don't really remember. I think you were talking about the TAs and how um, they're just trying to finish up, you know. They're just trying to finish finish their degree. Yes. So not taking it, they're not taking the um, teaching the classes as seriously. So the whole big fish, a small fish in a big pond thing with going to a PWI because not only are you like in a predominantly white school, you're also... Um, in a school full of a whole bunch of other people. So that makes sense. Yes. yes. So, yeah, that's exactly how I feel. Okay. But I mean, yeah, I, I'm obviously going to have my perspective because because I, because I went through my personal journey, I see the pros and cons differently than someone else would. Well, it's, that was your path, you know, like you can only speak from your path. You, you were supposed to go to college and go to McDaniel and go to, Morgan and go for grad school because that was the path that you wanted. Yep. So, definitely. That's I that's what have, you was following your your heart. Yeah, I do have a goal in August of in August of 2022. If everything lines up perfectly, I'll be starting a PhD program. When everything lines up perfectly. Yes, when it lines up perfectly. And I'm speaking into existence. It's gonna take two years. Two to three years. I ain't about to spend no five years in in school. I'm done. I understand. So why why the PhD? 
Um, well, I actually, I mean, conceptually, I just really feel like it's actually more I still have to learn. And it's more that I'm genuinely interested in learning. Okay. So part of it is that just actually that when I you go really to conference, go. you like school. Yeah. And like, yeah, like when I'm, I've done some research projects, I've talked to a lo- lot of other grad students and, you know, looked at the different research they're doing. And I'm just, in- I'm just interested in like doing some more research and learning more and like, like, cause at this point you're going really in depth in certain things. And I'm interested in doing that. Okay. So it's like, you know, that's part of it. You know, and part of it is I just really do want the PhD. I want the doctor behind my name. Like, I've, it's been something I had on my mind and my heart for a while. Aww. And so I, I, I genuinely do want that. But that's not the only reason. I you know. But it's part of it. Like, it would be a nice life achievement to have that completed. Absolutely. I mean, that's something that you like, like, like I said, that's the path that you want, you know, you, that's important to you. Yeah, because basically, I finished uh, my master's in like 2019. And then 2020 was like a break year, like working and everything. That was 2020. And I think 2021. And then in 2022, I'm like going back because, you know, I've had some time off, had some time to work, figure out what I'm trying to do and stuff. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I needed also a break year, too, because I didn't want to go straight through because I wanted to, like, have more money. I wanted to, like, get certain things together. Like, for me, it's like I want to go to school and finish my PhD. I don't want to just be a full-time student. If I do become, if I do the PhD, I'll only, I'm only going to be a full-time student for, like, one year. I'm not going to be a full-time student for, like, all three years. Because I'd rather stretch it out and be able to work than not work and just be a student. Not saying just being a student is bad, but like I don't I don't think that way it's gonna work for me. Okay. That that makes sense. I think also you traveled, you know, like you, you had some time to to go places. Yeah, right? because I yeah, like my thing is like if I was to be a full time student the whole time it's like I would have not had a big picture. It's like I wanted to get a big picture of my life and I wanted to get a big picture of what I wanted and why. And that's why I wanted to take a break because if I would have just went straight through, it's like you're you're just focused on like get the PhD, get the PhD, which is great. But like I wanted to fit it into like my entire life. I wanted to be like, why do you want this? Yeah. Like, why do you care about this? Like ask yourself questions and make sure you're doing this for the right reasons. Yeah, it's a lot of work and it's hard. And honestly, you you're gonna encounter it with anything in life. You're gonna encounter challenges every step of the way. So it's Absolutely. like if you're doing this, you want to make sure that you you know that it's for the right thing, and you don't want to get burned out too. Because I was getting burned out. I had it's been cool. a broke college. Yeah, I had been a broke college student for like six years straight. I was already on year six. I was about to do eight. <laughs> I'm about to do two more. Like, just, no, for real, that would be a lot. A lot. You ever watch Girlfriends? Sometimes. You know Lynn? No. On Girlfriends? I I probably, like, I only watched it, like, a couple times. I understand. It's on Netflix. You should watch it. It's really good. I'm going to look at it. But um, what I was going to say is Lynn uh, is one of the characters on there, and she... She uh she has like hella master degrees and she never like you know how you said you stopped 
because you wanted to get a big picture of your life to make sure that that's the way that's the path you wanted to pursue mm-hmm. so Lynn she she never knew she never under knew where she wanted to go she just she just kept going to school and she just kept living off her, her friends and stuff like that and just I'm not saying that's you that's definitely not you but I'm just saying the whole like going back to school thing she just kept going to school because she didn't want to deal with her life oh yeah but uh okay so all right I want to transition a little bit to other things is that okay with you yeah sure um you talked a little bit oh okay before we transition I want to ask you just so anybody listening who might be interested in software engineering is there any like scholarships or special programs that you recommend or um anything that you could recommend for anybody who wants to get into software engineering um or electrical engineering or just any stem field i would definitely say go online and apply to various different scholarships because there are a lot of scholarships for like black women in stem and stuff mm-hmm. um even to obtain like certain certifications uh, there are a lot of scholarships. So I don't have a particular program in mind, but I did definitely, like when I was a sophomore, I applied to stuff and I I was able to get scholarship funding like that. So I applied through institutional aid and then also just private scholarships. But being a black woman in STEM, like biology, engineering, software, it's definitely a lot of stuff that that's out there. So it's a lot of resources. Yes. Okay. Did you get any of the ones that you applied for? Yeah, like, well, most of the aid I got was student institution, like institutional aid. But I remember, like, I got this random, I think I got, like, this random $1,000 scholarship mm-hmm. that I had gotten a sophomore year on top of the institutional. And so they ended up giving me, like, I think I ended up getting, like, some amount refund. Like, it oh, wasn't wow. very... It wasn't very much, but uh, the the $1,000 scholarship ended up covering, like, the tuition fees or something, and then it ended up covering, like, I got, like, a few hundred back. That's so nice. That was, yeah, that was good, because, like, I got paid a little bit to go to school that one year. Yeah. A one-time thing. You got I, paid to go to school? What do you mean? Like, instead of me having to come out of pocket to go, like, they did, like, I got extra money, and it wasn't, like a loan paying back it was just like oh this is extra scholarship oh like a refund okay yeah, yeah that refund be hitting girl it be like, ah! <laughs> you know but then it's not good because I mean I have issues with spending but you are on the other hand a very good person when it comes to money and saving and stuff like that so like where did that whole thing come from how did you get good with money yeah I mean I just think it's because, like, growing up, like, we were good. Like, we were never, like, bad. Mm-hmm. But, like, it's, like, we always had to be like that. Like, it's always, it always was just, like, the amount. Like, if like if I get an amount, like, like let's say I was going to school, like, I had to go get lunch or had to, like, do something. Mm-hmm. Like, it would be times where I would be blessed. I would get money. But it would be, like, this is the amount you have. Like, if you mess this up, that's it. Like, you know? Yeah. And then in college, too, it's like, okay, I always had a job. So it's like, okay, that's good. But if I waste it, 
that's my check. Like, it's no other extra. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, I mean, I guess it's, like, necessity to some weird way. But also just because, too, like, I don't want... I'm trying to put stuff away so that it's not like this later. Like, I'm trying to fall out later. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I just want to get to a point where it's like... Future. Yeah, get to a point where everything's set up, everything's saved, you got this amount, you can see it. And then once that gets to that point, I will not, you know, I'll be allowed to do more. Yeah. So I guess, I guess it's in some ways, like, I like to feel secure, you know? And so yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to spend too much and then feel like, like, I'm not secure, like, something's going to happen, like, I'm going to be on my last dollar, like, you know, I don't want to. You don't want to be in a situation like that. So, like, that's, it's important for you to feel secure and feel like you know where your money's going. Yeah, because I think one day, like, I talked to you about something. I was talking to you. I was like, I was like, I need to be supported. And I think you thought that I meant that they had to, like, pay for everything or thought that my partner had to pay for everything. Because mm-hmm. we were talking about partners. And I was like, oh, I just need him to support me. And it's like, no, it's not even just, like, it's financial support, but it's like, I need I need to feel safe like I need to feel like something is not going to happen like I'm not just next to death or next to like struggle or something oh my goodness it's crazy you said that like that's so crazy that's like a crazy way to say it but I understand exactly what you mean like when you're like connected to someone who they can't show you something they can't teach you or they they don't have their stuff going on you know like they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing is that what you mean yes but okay so that kind of makes sense but why you say uh you're not sitting next to death like i don't not i mean like i don't want to feel like like for me it's like if if i don't i mean money is always going to be a stressful topic because you know it's a very important topic anyways Mm-hmm. But I don't want the way I'm spending it. Like, cause sometimes you're going to have, it's going to be things you have to buy, but I don't want to be making it worse by doing frivolous stuff. So I don't know. I guess I just have a lot of anxiety surrounding money. And because of that, I'm just very like, to some degree, some small degree frugal. Cause I don't even see myself as frugal. What does frugal mean? Yeah. I don't even, I feel like I do be spending on stuff. I'd be buying luxuries. It's just probably less luxurious than the next person. What's frugal mean? Like someone that doesn't spend. Okay. So or someone that don't spend like on conservative. a lot of stuff. Like yeah. you're conservative with your money. Okay. That yeah. makes sense. So where is that where does that anxiety come around? Like, is it that you, you're worried about not having enough and you just always have to be on it when it comes to stuff like that? Like making sure you always have enough. Yeah, I definitely think it's that. Definitely. That's important to you to always be on top of those things. Yeah. I mean, there's going to be times where like that unexpected expense come up that you do have to pay. Like you cannot get around it. Mm -hmm. Like, obviously, but if I can control it and not add to the issue, definitely. That makes sense. Okay. But I do spend spend money on things that make me comfortable, things that make me happy. I try to like have a budget, stick to it. And I guess for me, it's just like, I'm just trying to build a good life for myself. So I'm like very into that. But it was some times like during my, you know, probably early college years where I was chilling. I was having like some fun. But, you know, also because I'm a Capricorn too. And Capricorns are very like, 
known to be very dry and known to be very like logical I, and stuff. I don't know about that. Mm, I don't know. <laughs> might not I be don't know about that. I don't think that's accurate. But okay, it might not be every Capricorn though. Well, that's true. But I'm no. I'm saying even with you, you're not dry. Why do you always call yourself dry? Not not dry, but like they. I mean, dry is in someone that has a certain, like, older person mindset, like, a very serious mindset in some ways, or, like, okay. a very old soul. Like, I feel like Capricorns might be, like, old soul, and I identify with that. Like, even though I'm a young person, I have, mm-hmm. like, an older person's mindset, like, an older person's view on a lot of stuff mm-hmm. in some ways, like, in terms of, like, family, in terms of, like, you know, putting something away for later and stuff like that. That makes sense. But where does that come from is what I'm trying to get at. Like, where, because I understand the whole not wanting to have enough, but like the planning for the future thing, is that something that like your your mom was like important to her or like, like where did that come from? Mm. No, I mean, I would say yes to some degree. But I would say, like, I don't know. I guess I just never wanted, like, things were always nice growing up. Like, things were great. Like, we had enough to, like, survive and do what we needed to. Mm-hmm. But I didn't, I never just wanted to, like, I wanted things to be easier, you know, for me. And I guess that's why I'm, like, how I am. Because I, I don't want, you know, I don't want to be, like, you know, I don't want things to be unnecessarily difficult. Yeah. I'm trying to set stuff up and make stuff as smooth as possible. You're trying to set up your future so that, you know, you're secure. You want to feel safe and secure. I, I understand. Yeah. I understand. Okay. So I'm, not sure, I'm not sure where it comes from, though, because I definitely have an interest in it. Like, I was reading, like, this Rich Dad, Poor Dad book. Which oh, you started reading it? Yeah, it's probably one of the first, like, when people get into money, like, everybody pretty much, like, gets into that. Yeah. So I was reading that, and I'm starting to, like, I hear a lot of people talking about the investments. I am kind of weary of a lot of them. Yeah, me too. Because I'd be researching, like, before I'm about to put my money in something, that joint got to be, like, fork knocks. Like, it got to be legit. So I'm like, I'm not sure. If I hear anything, I'm like, nah. But I did put money into, like, a small amount into cryptocurrency, put small amount into that. But I've been researching. Yeah, I researched cryptocurrency and Bitcoin like five years ago before it was even that expensive. I already knew what Bitcoin was. So I have like a little bit of money in Bitcoin. I'm not going to take it out. I'm not going to take my money out of Bitcoin. I'm not going to put my money in. I'm just going to leave that amount in there because it's like growing. Bitcoin's growing a lot. Wow. And no, it's not. It's not that much because like. I had put like $50 in Bitcoin like three years ago when I was in school because a lot of my friends knew about it. Mm-hmm. So I have whatever that $50 is now. Okay. I understand. Because so, I didn't have that much like three years ago. So I was like, all right, let's just do that. I understand. That makes sense. Um, but other than that, I'm just like trying to learn about investing, like trying to figure out what the best way of savings is, like learning about these different accounts and, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. That makes complete sense. 
And um, once you finish Rich Dad, Poor Dad, I would encourage you to check out Cash Flow Quadrant because that talks more about the investing. Rich Dad, Poor Dad is kind of like more so just telling you how it works, like telling you how things are, like understanding the way this world works money-wise. And then the next level would be understanding how to invest your money. And part of investing really is recognizing opportunities, you know, recognizing what is the difference. Well, they talk about that in Rich Dad and Poor Dad, what the difference is between an asset and a liability. That's very important. But it's also important to understand return and understand like, okay, like like you said, do your research before you jump in, you know, like make sure you really fill it out before you take that dive. It has to feel right. But um, honestly, I feel like real estate is the best investment you can make because it holds its weight you know like real estate prices of houses have only been going up only been going up so i feel like that's a a a good way to invest your money as well even into your own home yeah i'm definitely yeah i'm definitely down for that yep so let's uh let's switch gears a little bit well, I want to talk about the investing thing a little bit, just because, like, what have you, what kind of, uh, what questions do you have? I mean, it's like a topic where, like, I don't know that much about it. I know I have some friends that were doing something with, like, the currency of other markets and, like, exchanging currency. Forex. Yeah, they doing that. A lot of my friends are into that. And, okay. you know... I let haven't happened. You, let me give you the game on Forex, okay? They probably make money from getting more people into it. Yeah, it's it's the marketing thing. It's the network marketing. But it's also like residual income from what I understand with the network marketing. So that's the part where like you can make a lot of money, but it's your buying people like with Forex is like the people who be selling Forex to other people, they be trying to get them to come in. Those people ain't even doing Forex. Like, they really not, they're listening to what somebody else says on, oh, make sure you, it's an option here, and you do this, and you click that, and you copy and paste, and, like, they don't really know it. Like, it's just, it's it's a mess. But what was the other things that you've done? I've heard of people say that, but I, I didn't get into that, because I was like, I don't know. It don't feel like, right. I, I just feel like I didn't know enough about it to put like I don't know nothing about other other nations' currencies in order to know how to trade them effectively. I so I was like, okay. And then the other one, they were talking about something with like people helping people, and it's like you're supposed to invest this money into like this life insurance stuff. Yeah, I heard about. And that. then once you invest in it, you're supposed to be able to borrow against it. But my thing is, you're putting money into it. Like I might put 10k into it, but I can only take out five. So your other five is just sitting in life insurance that you're never going to touch until you pass away. Yeah, you have access to that 5K. But if you would have just put all 10K in a savings account, you're not going to earn as much of that interest rate, but you can touch all 10 when you want it. So or, I, I wanna... you can put it, or you can put it in a Roth account and still get all 10 and you can still get a higher rate of return than a savings account. So I was like, why use a life insurance when I can just use a Roth or something. Okay. So if it's going to be my money, go ahead. 
I was just going to say with the whole, um, the life insurance thing that you were talking about. Um, so with that, you're right with some, with some types of life insurance, you don't, you can't take out all the money. And I agree that kind of makes sense with, uh, the whole, like, okay, you don't get to take out the full amount, but the thing about the life insurance thing is that that is a way to protect your wealth to pass on what you or just to make sure the people around you who are connected to you are good regardless of what happens to you you know like bad at that point but no because here's the thing okay say 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 you got a kid okay say you got a kid you say you decided to adopt a kid and he's living in the house with you and god forbid something happens to you when god forbid when someone passes away they leave a very heavy burden on the people around them like just the yes. cost of a funeral right but why that but that- hold on hold on not even just that if you have a household with a mortgage how is the mortgage going to get paid now if you're the only one living there? How how is how is that person whoever you leave behind or even your family like or even something like this? God forbid, say someone is they live on their own and they have a parent and um they pass away. What happens is they can now go after your like if you have debtor debt debt creditors who are coming after you because you you owe them money um they can now go after your family members and try to get the money from them you know i I totally get that so i think i think with the life insurance thing i agree as far as like it's not as flexible with like putting your money in and getting your money out you do have some plans where you can take money out um and you pay it back and it's like no interest and they call it basically being your own bank it's being your own bank. So like when you take the money out and you put the money back in, basically with the insurance, I don't know everything about it, but from what I understand, with the life insurance, the money that's in there, you can invest it in certain corporations too. So like I feel like there's a lot of different ways that you can go with the life insurance. I don't want to speak too much on it just because it's not my area of expertise, but you did say something about a Roth IRA. So for the people who don't know, what is a Roth IRA? I'm not a person, like, as, I'm not as 100% sure about that either. I'm starting to learn. Okay. But it, some people some people think it's a good alternative to a 401k. But um, Roth IRAs, Basically, you put money into it, and then the money you put into it will get a percent gain, mm-hmm. um, some small percentage gain, and then you will be able to take that uh, money out. You can take the money out, I think, no penalty. Okay. Um, that is the main – That's I think, though, that, that's basically what I know about it. And the reason why that's different than a 401K is because most 401Ks, you might get a little bit of a higher percent gain. And you might get a company match, but you, if you try to take the money out, you will pay like 20% penalty unless you're like buying a house or unless it's like a bunch of pro crows, but pretty much you cannot get money out of a 401k. 
So, so a lot of people opt for the Roth because you can take the money out easier. Um, and it's like you more, it's more flexible. So, and a lot of people are concerned because of at times when the stock market gets bad, a lot of people lose money in their 401ks because depending on how they're investing it, um, you actually might get a negative, you won't get a percent gain. You actually start losing a percentage depending on the economy. Yeah. So I think that's, that brings up a very important point. Um, like you are doing right now, you're looking into investing on your own and you're learning how to do it and learning what, what accounts to get and what life insurance is. You're learning about all this stuff. And I think it's so, so, so important that you continue on that path to learn how to do, how to invest your money because, um, what you were saying about how people lose their money, the thing about the stock market and the thing about putting your money in the 401k or whatever, you're giving it to someone else to invest and you're letting them kind of with it, not realizing that that person's a human being just like you are. Like, yeah, their job is to be to handle your money, but doesn't mean they necessarily know how to handle money or know how to invest, you know, like, they're a regular person just like you. They're not an investor. Yeah, a lot of people, I have talked to various friends who are against the 401k. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I've talked to a guy who actually was telling me, he was like, oh, pull your money out your 401k. Me, personally, I was advised by a lot of older people in my family to always put it in there. And because for me, I get, for every dollar I put in, my company puts in a dollar. So I get a really good, I get a dollar per dollar company match. So it's like, I'm going to do it because every dollar I get, I'm getting two. So even if I lose, even if they lose some of my money, it's really the company's money. They're not so, going to lose mine. Absolutely. And so for me, it works. But for a lot of people, if you don't have a company match or if you, um, there's like different options. But if you hit that aggressive thing where it's like they'll, you'll get a higher percentage gain, but you, um, but you have more risk. If you're doing that, that probably, that probably isn't smart. Me, I'm on the most conservative possible. Don't lose nothing. Don't gain nothing. Just keep it in there. <laughs> until you figured it out, right? Yeah, until I know what I'm trying to do. I understand. That makes sense. What I was going to say is uh, one one resource I could recommend to you is something called the, it's, I believe it's called the Automatic Millionaire. And it's like, you can listen to an audiobook. There's a book. It's a physical book and you can listen to the audiobook. It's kind of like a program, I guess you could say. But they really talk about how, you know, even if you work a nine to five, how you can set up your 401k so that you like they talk about that investing in 401ks. But that's not the only way to do it. And there's no one way to do it. So I would encourage you to get multiple perspectives from all different realms, like learn, like really take that time, you know, like don't feel rushed. Yeah, I definitely will look into some audio books because because I'm so young and I'm putting money in here now, it's like, I know in five years, it's just going to be better and better, you know, like five years, 10 years, things will just be, I'll be in a better position. So it's like, I definitely want to learn more about that. And I want to do some more stuff in addition to just that. Like, like you want to diversify. Yeah, definitely. I'm definitely looking. So for me, it's like, I'm looking to diversify, have a second, like have some paper investment thing that I'm doing. And then I'm also looking to have, like, I'm looking at side hustles. I'm looking at teaching, I'm um, doing, like, teaching a um, a college class and being, okay. like, an adjunct faculty. So then I'll have, like, my job from adjunct faculty. 
and I have my regular job. Okay. I'm looking into being a tutor possibly so then I can get paid like, you know, 20, 20 something or, or even 30 something an hour just to help someone like, you know, for a few weeks. Hell yeah. I'm even looking into relationship coaching, even though I don't think I'm qualified, but I'm thinking about it. So you want more flexibility. Yeah. So I was like, I'm about to have another job and my regular one. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Ain't nothing wrong with that. You figuring it, you're figuring it out. Yeah. Like that's all that matters. It's okay. And, um, what I was going to say, school if you're gonna go teach at a school girl you might as well go teach online i don't know why you going to that school i mean oh, yeah. all the classes are virtual but yeah i'll be i'll be teaching virtually through zoom and everything but I'm, i'll be doing i'll be I'm, doing all the grading and all of that okay so that's fine i'm saying that you don't have to teach at a school you could teach online like you could teach online like what is it that you want to teach um Looking into some math classes. I'm looking into some cyber classes. Okay. I'm just saying that um, whatever it is that's your your thing, you know, whatever it is that thing is, like, you'd be surprised. There's people on Udemy teaching people how to do software engineering, teaching people how to do coding, teaching, like, creating their own course and teaching someone something. course, And they're making hella bank off of it passively. so that's what i was trying to under get you to understand like get you to start thinking about passive versus active income because active means you have to go and be there to make the money passive means you do the hard work up front you do the major investment up front either that's you're investing your money you're investing your time or your energy whatever it is you do the major and then all you have to do from that point is put it on a platform that either markets it for you or you just actively market it. That's good. Yeah, I'm definitely looking into that. I mean, it's called e-course creation. E-course creation, just just think about it, okay? Because you have a lot of knowledge and you, I'm sure you could teach somebody some stuff. Like, I'm sure there's something that you you, you could really teach people you know and you can impact a lot of people with it that that's what i'm saying too with the e-course the cool thing about it is that you're reaching not just the people in your close proximity you're reaching people from all over the world who want to learn the skill that you have to offer okay so just think about it just think about it but uh I feel like we haven't even touched on anything to do with spirituality or anything like that. Like, I'm sorry for taking so much of your time, Sid. Like, I'm sorry for taking mm-hmm. get started. How much more time do you think you can? Like, I don't want to infringe. Oh, yeah, I just see Alex at the clock. I see it's midnight. Yeah, um, it's, it's I'll probably talk like 10, 15 minutes. Okay. Well, okay. Well, how about this? Can you tell me some advice that you would give to somebody from where you're at right now, things you learn in life? What advice would you give to someone who is interested in pursuing the field that you're in? Um, I would tell them to believe in themselves. Like, I know that sounds very cliche, but 
you know, if you really have that, like, self, like, if you have that self-sufficiency and you have that, um, like, you just trust in yourself, mm-hmm. you'll be able to overcome a lot of the difficulties. So I would say that. Um, and then I would also say, you know, there there might be some hard moments, like, throughout your journey when it comes to, you know, engineering, STEM, and different things. But embrace those difficult moments and learn from them like sit in that moment think about what happened learn from it and then move on instead of just like avoiding it acting like it didn't happen because it's a part of your journey like the goods the highs the lows all of it so you know don't be afraid of it don't don't recoil at the sight of struggle or at the sight of something being difficult just sit in that moment learn and then go to the next thing mm-hmm. before you know it you're done you're good absolutely absolutely that's some great advice right there and that could be applied to anybody all right so before we close out i want to ask you one other thing two i'm gonna ask you two things okay so the first thing is When it comes to spirituality and religion, do you ever feel conflicting feelings? Um, me personally, I don't. But I know for a lot of people, they are very different. But it's like, for me, spirituality is like, it's like part of it is prayer, like if I want to pray, but then part of it can just like me meditating on something or it could be like me journaling on a topic. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to do devotionals a lot. I really don't do them as much anymore, but I used to do devotionals where you read a certain Bible passage and then that Bible passage is on a certain topic. And then you also might just sit and think about that topic. Then you just journal on what it says. You might journal on how you feel, you know? Mm-hmm. So... Why- why did you stop doing that? I mean, I just haven't had the time to sit with the passages and give it the time it really requires. Mm-hmm. But I still do like to just journal like on stuff without it being like a set devotional. I just journal because I want to journal or yeah. I'll just like, you know, meditate just to meditate. But I don't call it a devotional because it doesn't have that. Like I'm not reading a Bible passage piece. I understand. It's still a spiritual but- practice, though. Right. And I'm still going to like, I still might pray and like, you know, take some time, you know, talk to God about how I'm feeling or even talk to my, you know, check in with myself. Like, how are, how am I feeling? Another big thing about spirituality that I take into account is like gratitude. So I take time and I try to like, thank God for things or, you know, look at what's good in my life and take some time to really like sit and think about that. Mm hmm. And then I write down things I'm grateful for, like, every so often. Absolutely. That makes sense. I I think it's important to take that spiritual time and, like, take that time to check in with yourself, Mm -hmm. you know, very, very often. And that'll help you to have a more fulfilled and a more fulfilled life. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because without God, we can feel lost. Like without that connection or without feeling like you're connected even with yourself, like 
I know sometimes for me, like before I didn't know about med. I mean, I knew about meditating, but I didn't take it seriously. Like I wasn't even thinking that, oh, that's something that you should be doing. You know, like I truly honestly feel like meditation is something that everybody should be doing. Um, And that's not me trying to push it on people or make it seem like it's like you can't be spiritual without meditating. I just think that it's important to calm your mind. Yeah, I agree. Because I used to think meditation just meant like sitting still and just saying um and all this. But it's like, it is like that. But like, you can sit still and just think about like, you could just think about how you're feeling or you could think about what's important to you. Or you could do an affirmation. Like, you could just meditate or you could just meditate and think about what you Mm -hmm. want in life. Like, you could just, it don't have to just be like you sitting there, like with no type of like, you Nothing. can meditate on an idea or meditate on a on a thought. You can you can like I'll be like affirming certain things to myself, like, okay, so like if even before this interview, I took a couple minutes to meditate because I felt myself being so scattered. I was just like all over the place with my head and just so many things that are on my mind. And um I feel like if you don't take the time to calm your mind you're just going to keep being like that. Like you're just going to keep being all over the place and like not really understanding yourself or understanding why you're doing the things that you're doing or understanding. You're not going to understand a lot. Like you're just moving. I like that. But I feel like it's time. It takes time to self-reflect because I'm sure you've had times. I know I've had times where it's been like, Oh, I did that. Like, why did I do that? But instead of living in regret, just reflect on it, accept it, acknowledge it, whatever it is, and move forward. Just move forward. I heard a, uh, some guy, he was speaking, he was telling me, not telling me, I always say this, but like when I be watching interviews, I be feeling like they're talking directly to me. Like I'm taking it as like, I'm having a conversation. I'm listening to someone talk to me, you know, like, but he was just saying, like, he was talking about to calm your mind. He was saying that, um, I just lost it. Never mind. Never mind. It's gone. But, uh, <laughs> it's okay. I'm so mad because it was something good, too. What did it I do? He, it had something to do with you accepting it, letting it go, and moving, and, and moving forward. Okay, that's what he said. He was like, okay, depression is caused by you're not, you're stuck in what what happened. You know, you're stuck in the past. You're looking back too far. Depression is caused by, caused by continuing to look back. Anxiety is caused by looking too far forward. He was mm-hmm. saying, saying the best thing you can do is just do the best you can today do the best you can today whatever that is like it could be like oh um maybe you're working on a project do your best at that project today don't worry about what's going to happen two weeks from now focus on today and win today and just every day win each day and live in the moment Because I feel like a lot of us forget to live. 
we're just moving, move, 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 move. Like you just, oh, I did this. I have to go do that. I have to go do that. Like a lot of stress, a lot of anxiety, a lot of depression. Like just focus on the now. Stop being so focused on what might happen or what could happen or what did happen. Focus on the now. And like you said, be grateful for what you have. Yeah, like honestly, focusing on gratitude was a big thing that really changed things for me. Like, cause it be it's times where like it's just the most random things. All right, I'm grateful for like, yeah, I'm grateful for like the way my smoothie came out today. Like, it's just something random. Yeah, but but it's good. Like, just sitting there and thinking about it, like you have so much stuff to be grateful for. It's easier than to look outside of yourself and you know give to someone else or you know see someone else's point of view when you have when you come in from that mindset mm-hmm. and I agree with you because I do have like anxiety a lot where it's like I'm always thinking like what if this happened what if that happened and like you know it could be like very distressful like thinking about all this random stuff and that you do lose focus on the now and it's like you're so anxious about what's about to happen later yeah. that you can't even you can't even enjoy what you have now or what you have right in front of you like enjoy right. the moment whatever the moment is like it could be you're spending time with your significant other it could be you're spending time with your parents like instead of stressing about what might happen in the future just live in the now and be happy for what's going on in the now because you know we're always moving forward I feel like it's important that we're always moving forward but we always do progress forward because we can always remember a time that we didn't have what we have now exactly So that's a reason to be grateful. That's like, that's a reason to appreciate the now because what you have now is not what you used to have then. Yep. So I agree. I think, man, I kind of want to expand on this spiritual part, but we can like do a a, a part two maybe to the episode if you like. Yeah, we should. We definitely should because I... You got to go to sleep. I know. No, yeah, but no, but also it's like, I'm very interested in talking about that too. So like... Cause we could even, yeah, we could, we could plan it out, like have some topics that we want to touch on and stuff like that. So I definitely, I want to continue that side of the conversation, but being that it is getting late, I want to ask you my last question. So my last question to you is I want you to affirm in this moment, where do you see yourself in five years? That's a good question. Um, I see myself mentally, spiritually, um, in a good place and whole, mm-hmm. and you know, confident. Like, cause at in five years, I'll probably be like twenty nine, close to thirty. So I see myself in a very like stable place where I've just accepted myself physically, mentally, and in all aspects of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know and by the age of like of that age I really just want to I see myself still going for things but I also just see myself really like resting really vacationing you know just really taking my time mm-hmm. like um, I see myself cooking cooking some really cool meals, eating really good food. 
it seems like you're you're happy five years from now yeah definitely yeah definitely just very happy you know just very like because when I when I talk about that self-acceptance piece like it's always a journey Mm -hmm. but you know at that point I just want to be like just happy in my space happy in my own space like even doing some solo traveling like not just completely being unafraid to just explore the world go places like things absolutely absolutely and then also yeah also taking time for my art taking time to just you know create my paintings and do things like that oh are you taking the time now yeah I mean I am but I definitely would like to take more time for them because painting and creating stuff take a long time like getting it a certain way restarting and all of it yeah but I, I I like the vision that you see and I and I'm happy for you then now <laughs> thank you so yeah, that's a good question I mean that's a really good question because if you would have asked me that five years ago I would have came at you with like a lot like I knew but at this point it's like I kind of achieved so many things on my five-year list that mm-hmm. now I'm just like I'm I'm good. I'm just I'm kind of figuring it out right now, like what I'm trying to do. I'm I'm just like you're still finding yourself. It's okay. Yeah, I'm still figuring it out. Like it's okay. We all are. We yeah, all I feel are. like because my thing is five years ago, I feel like I did a lot between then and now. So it's like I'm not. I just want to like I'm really big on right now, just like doing my interest and like rediscovering my interests. Like mm-hmm. just taking time to chill, go hiking, take picnics. I'm just trying to chill. Just do the stuff that you like to do. Like, see, yeah. find yourself, figure out what it is that you like to do. I agree completely because um, I feel like that whole, like, traveling by yourself thing, that's something that people try to push. Like, they try to be like, oh, you shouldn't do that. You you got to be careful. You don't want to. Yeah. Like, I a lot so of fear many, around stuff like that. Yeah, so many family is telling me not to. But, like, I know it's for me. Like, exactly. Like, literally. Oh my gosh. Okay. So I want to tell you this because this is something I low key manifested. Um, Literally, I wrote down on a list, like all these things that I wanted to do last year, all these things. Um, I wrote one of the things I wrote on there was like the specific places I wanted to travel to. And I wrote in the list. Okay. I was like, I want to travel to Atlanta. I want to travel to Florida. I want to travel to Denver, Colorado. I want to travel to California and I want to travel to London. That's something, those places were very important to me, right? So since I started the spiritual journey, I've been coming across to so many different people, like so many people and be that online or in person. This girl, she got into my list and, you know, we was listening to music bumping or whatever. Somehow, some way we start talking about alignment and manifestation and angel numbers and stuff like that. And she's telling me how she's about to catch a flight to Colorado. I'm like, oh, wow, that's really cool. Colorado, all the legalization. She was like, I was like, I don't know if that matters to you or not. She was like, of course it matters. Like, she was just so hyped that I smoked too. You know, like, we was just like bonding or whatever. And then next thing you know, she's just like, yeah, so if you ever want to come to um, Colorado, I'll have a, you can come in my best jet's bedroom and I'll have some, some J's rolled up for you lined up on the side table and I'm like are you being I'm like are you being serious and she's like yeah yeah absolutely absolutely she's like she really filled my vibe and everything and she was just really it was a white girl too but she was really cool and she's like 
well traveled and she, she lives in two places she lives in denver and she lives in florida she has two houses and she travels all the time for her job like that's her le- that's her life and i'm just like oh my gosh that's so cool and then so next thing you know she uh, so she asked me that and i texted her she's like we're confirming dates now but i she followed me on instagram and she's like all with the brand and everything and come to find out she has uh do you believe in angel numbers i don't know what they are okay so angel numbers are signs from your your angelic guides so like everybody has spiritual guides those are people who passed on you know maybe they're in your family maybe not but they're just people who help you from the other side so they send you messages through angel numbers which are like usually triple digits you know like 444 555 111 or quadruple digits or you know like that's basically that's the whole thing i don't know if you believe in it it's okay if you don't but basically what I'm trying to say is that she's an influencer. She has like a hundred thousand subscribers on, I mean, a hundred thousand followers and she's traveling, living her life, you know, like just me seeing that now it's like, I can't unsee it. I can't unsee the fact that, Oh, you can live life and, and you can live in multiple places. You don't have to be confined to just one place, you know, cause that's always been something for me that I don't want to feel trapped like I feel like my soul needs to travel. I need to see. I need to see more. Mm-hmm. You know, that's really good. Yeah, and the thing is that I spoke it. I spoke that I wanted to go to Denver, Colorado. Here's a specific way to go to Denver, Colorado, where I don't have to spend that much money. You know, like that was one thing for me. And then on top of that, next thing you know, I get a friend on um instagram like this girl she starts responding to my post and my thing she's like we just start having a conversation randomly and she sends me a voice message and her voice she has a british accent a british a british accent and i'm like oh my gosh are you from england she's like yeah yeah i'm from england and then so next thing you know we're having this day-long conversation about spirituality and about all this stuff like she's a she's a healer and a medium so that's her thing but it was really cool just having that conversation and hearing a different perspective that I never heard before but also next thing you know she comes on my podcast we film the episode we're having a great conversation and I'm not gonna lie like I feel the vibes and I feel like she would be welcome to me coming to to visit her in London so that's like, okay, that's a friend in London I can go visit. That's a reason to go. You know, like, I'm just saying that it's crazy that I wrote those things down and I spoke those things. And then next thing you know, I see those things start to fall into line. Yep. I'm so, I really am glad that those people were placed into your life. Absolutely. Absolutely. So like, I'm, I'm literally, I'm about to start. I'm literally, I'm going to North Carolina next week. I don't know where I'm going after that, but I just know that it's time to move. You know, it's time to move about and it's time to go on this journey for real instead of just talking about it. Yeah, that's my thing. Like, I have a lot of stuff planned for this summer because I really like I I really like being outside a lot. And yeah. like, if you notice my Instagram, I take a lot of outdoor photos, a lot of like botanical garden photos and stuff. Yeah, so I, I'm really one with like trying to do more with nature. And then when I and drawing my sketches, doing my artwork of outdoor sceneries. Oh, 
So good. I'm trying to really be into that when it gets warm outside. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. So I see myself just moving about the, um, like being about the U.S. And I have my passport now. So now I can go outside the U.S. Me too. Me too. I just got, I just got the passport this year. That's good. That's good. Because that's a major determinant. Because waiting for that thing can be the reason why you don't go. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so I'm glad you got that. Because I was glad when I got mine. I was just like, yes, okay. So now it's like no reason why I can't book a ticket if I have the money. You know, like, yeah. if it's like, oh, TT's like, TT's like, hey, um, you want to come over? You want to come come down? Come spend some time with my family? Like, she's really cool. Like, we're going to be best friends. I'm telling you this now because she's even willing to do a a, a video with me of us practices, practicing each other's accents. Like, me practicing Aww. a British accent and her practicing an American accent. We, like, make a video out of that and post it, you know? Like, just for fun, you know? Like, because that's what Aww. I like to do. I like to make... I like to be myself, you know, and share it with the world. We should do a hair. We, me and you should do like a hair and makeup video because you're oh. really good at hair. You can help me with my hair. Hell yeah. And, we definitely could. And, and you know, I'm, I'm super into like makeup, eyeshadow, all of that stuff. You could do my makeup. You could do my yeah, makeup. So, that would be so fun. Yeah, that would be fun. And here's the thing. That's what I like. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like, I don't like the same all the time. I want to do different things. So like, that's what, one thing I appreciate about influencing is that like, I'm constantly doing different things. I'm constantly just, just trying different things. And I feel like having the time to do it, it's the time to live. Like the time to live is now. It's not tomorrow. It's not the day after it's now, you know? So if you want to do something, you need to figure out how to do it and go do it. Yeah, true. That was random, but yeah. Um, but yeah, like alignment is so we're going to, we're going to get into that in another conversation. Like we definitely got to do a follow up. We could even do something where we talk with multiple people because yeah, you should, because I feel like I have a lot to learn from, um, some of the, like from the, from the lady you mentioned to how she's like a medium and stuff. Like I probably have stuff that she could show me that I've never heard about. I'll send you know? Her Instagram because you can you can um you can go check out her Instagram she posts stuff all the time teaching you about messages and like teaching you what basically she is I don't know if you believe in that stuff but basically she's a medium she's a medium so so spirits communicate to her and she communicates those messages to us so that's her that's her role yeah, but that's what I'm saying. I feel like it's something where it's like, no, I haven't. I'm not educated on that topic. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes in a, a, if, if I like I grew up in a more closed minded group where it's like, if I was to hear that stuff, it was bad, you know. But if I hear it from someone from themselves and I'm off- offering them the opportunity to, to explain it. Yeah, you know, they, 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 it, it sounds like it's something, you know, maybe I can learn like, OK, this is what it is. OK, this is what they're doing. Yeah. Like, it, it might be cool just to know, like, it's, just to not, not to have this, like, single view. You got to get your knowledge from multiple places. Exactly. And then draw a conclusion. Yeah. Like, we can't just think the same things everybody else does. You have to go form your own perspective by going out and getting the information to figure it out, you know? Figure yeah. out how to feel about it. I agree, because um, that's how I felt about the whole medium thing. I, I still am a little, because, <sighs> like, I would have I was about to have something scheduled with her 
but I had just had a tarot reading before her. Do you have you ever had a tarot reading? No, but I do know what the cards are. You know what they No, uh, no, 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 I did. I got, you know, I got read by a medium. And that medium, everything they said was right. Yeah. <laughs> that they, joint was crazy. Like, like, I, like they said, oh, you're with your boyfriend. And she looked right at him. She's like, that's not going to work. I was like, damn. <laughs> but that shit didn't work. <laughs> she said, she was like, that relationship not going to work. She's like, um, she yeah. like, God, she's like, she, what she say? She's like, the, the, she said, there's going to be a new job for you. The new job happened. Mm-hmm. Um, she says, you're going to make a big purchase soon. It happened. Mm-hmm. She was like, um, your career is going to continue to do well. I was like, okay. This was before said, you purchased your home? Yep, before I purchased yeah. the house. Before I started the job. She looked right there. Like, so she said, um, this is going, she's like, this is going to end in, in less than a year. I was like, really? She was, and I was like, oh, and that's when I started, stopped listening to her. I'm like, oh, she's wrong. She don't know what she's talking about. I but that, right. that joint ended. <laughs> and there, then, are, there are some fake tarot readers, though. And fake psychics out there. Like, I'm not yeah, going to... her stuff, like, everything she said was, like, real. Like, she said I was going to have five kids. I was like, okay. And then she <laughs> said, she's like, the man you're going to meet, she described them. And I was like, I was like, that's my type, so cool. <laughs> but she you didn't bought- say I was going to marry him. She said, this is that's who you're going to meet soon. I was like, okay. So, I mean, it was random, but it ended up being true. And like yeah. also, he wasn't even like my boy. Like the boyfriend I was with wasn't even around. And she was like, "Yeah, you are. Are you in a relationship?" I was like, "Yeah." She's like, "It's not gonna work." And I was like, "Damn." But she didn't say it like that. Like she was saying other stuff too. But no, I, like it hit it hit home. And it yeah. was that's the thing is that the people who are really connected, and that's why. Okay, so I gotta tell you about this because I have to. I have to spread the word. Um, if you do see an angel number. Okay, like right now, it's one, two, three, four. You see it? In my where? In my head? Look at the time. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So one, two, three, four is a uh, angel number. Basically, um, that means something. Okay. So I just want you to know that when you do see numbers line up, so say you see a one, 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 three ones in a row. If you notice that, and then you notice it again, and then you notice it again, that means that somebody's trying to communicate something to you. They're trying to tell you something, and you need to hear the message. So what that means is that when you see angel number 111, or you see angel number 22, hey, for some reason, it just disconnected us. That wasn't me. I'm sorry about that. I was confused what happened to you. Yeah, that was that was so annoying. But um, okay, so when you see the numbers line up, so you see that four four four, you see a six six six, you see even six six six, they all mean something, and it's an angelic message. Okay. Okay. So, so that means that you need to listen. Okay. So I would encourage you to. If you do see an angel number, you need to go to YouTube and look up that angel number and listen to Minx Diva. Minx Diva, she is an angelic guide and she knows what the hell she's talking about. So I'm going to send you a video just because it's a video that applies to everybody. But I feel like it especially applies to you because you're talking about you want to do service. You know, you want to help other people learn 
about your field and learn how to get in, like learn information about it and learn how to do those things. So um, that's service. It's you're being of service to this world. You're you're helping somebody else. Oh, you know, so that's who Mix Diva speaks to. She talks to the people who want to help. Good. I like that. I can definitely get with that. Yeah. And and I'm telling you, if you see a number line up, pay attention and okay. receive the message, okay? Okay. But I'm not going to keep you too much longer. It's about to be 1 a.m. I'm so sorry for keeping you up. But I really, really, really appreciate you taking the time to have this conversation with me, Sid. Like, just you being willing to. I appreciate you coming on, you know? Oh, and I really appreciate it. I think you did an awesome job giving me the interview. I felt Thank very you. comfortable. I felt very free to say what I wanted to. But I also feel like you you led the conversation really well. Thank and you. I, I enjoyed myself, you know? That's good. We're going to have more of these. Absolutely. And I feel like this one was mostly about software engineering. So we can have a follow up where we talk about spirituality. So I'm not saying it's not the software engineering is interesting, but I'm just saying that spirituality is more on a different side of interest as far as like being of service to this world and stuff like that. Like, or just like knowing how to be okay with yourself and like self-love and we can just talk about all that stuff. So I'm looking yeah. forward to it. Um, yeah, I think on, in that conversation, I'll probably spend a lot more time listening, too. Yeah, yeah. we can talk for real. Um, Have you checked out my podcast yet? I have listened. I did see your podcast page on Spotify, I believe. Okay. But I have not listened to, I only listened to like one of them. Well, because you just, I interviewed you just, her on my first episode. So I'm saying that, you know... The mm-hmm. reason why I interviewed her is because she is a YouTuber. Like I found her off of YouTube and she has like hundreds, like she, she was willing to do an interview with me, you oh, know, like, so, cute. so I really appreciated that because she is an angelic guide. Like, I'm not joking when I say that, like she is a powerful woman and you can see it because I'm going to just send you the video and you're going to, you're going to feel the vibe and you're going to know what I'm talking about, but yeah, I listened to the podcast that you have about the the business owner. Um, so I, li- I listened I to that one. I have a couple one. of episodes. I have a couple of things that I- I'll just send you my link, and then it'll have all the links listed on there, and you could just figure out what you want to listen to. Yeah, yeah, because uh, especially Mink Steve, I'm gonna send you my link, but I'm also send you a link to her video about this year, what this year actually means, and what it means to the people who want to be of service. Okay. Okay. So yeah, but um, I I appreciate you, Sid, for really coming on. Like I really do, and I and I know that somebody out there right now listening to my voice is gonna appreciate the fact that you know you were so honest about your experience and you know how to get into that field and everything. Like that's valuable information. So thank you. Oh, you're very welcome, and have a good night. You too. Be safe. Okay. All right. Bye. Bye.